0: Reveille, Reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat.
1: Welcome back on this great Monday, the 23rd of May, 2022. I am right up in your face. I don't know why they zoomed me in this way, but they certainly did. Hello, everyone. I am merely one half of your hosting duo on Morning Combat, the best goddamn podcast there is, which is not true, but I'm going to say it just the same. I'm Luke Thomas. I join you from the capital of Estados Unidos right here in Washington, D.C. Joined by my, he was red like a lobster on, you know, he was red lobster on Friday. Today, he's more beef and cheddar Arby's. He's the viceroy of Connecticut. It's Brian Campbell. What's up, Brian Campbell?
0: Hello, uh, Luke Thomas. Great to be back uh, doing the the thing, Luke. That makes me feel the most happy. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, short of my real life, right? Like the things that really matter to me. But in this <laughs> fake world of fake bullshit, doing this show, Luke. I mean, it just feels great, right? You know.
1: Let me say this, BC. Let me ask you this: If you if, if what 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 fast food item embodies you most, right? Like I was calling you Red Lobster Friday today. You know more beef and cheddar Arby's. Like what? What? What represents not like Arby's the, Taco Bell, but like what? What piece of of order? What? What? What item. I would
0: say that the beef and cheddar kind of you know kind of represents what you are getting from me. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> beef and cheddar. <laughs> I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a double decker taco from Taco Bell.
0: Yes. Yes, I'm going to be. Yes.
1: Uh, Hope you had a good weekend. Hope everyone out there had a good weekend. We did it as well. We got some fights to react to, UFC fights and some scoring controversies. Jesus Christ, they never seem to end. We have some boxing from Showtime as well as a lot of other, some small MMA stuff happening. There was a one show. Um, There was a lot of other things we have to get to as well. So thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Please hit subscribe. Lots of fun stuff to get to on the show, as I mentioned. Uh, The email to do that is going to be at morningcombat.com at gmail.com. That'll be the place to reach us for Wednesday's fan subs, Friday's dead wrong, or just to reach the show in general. Me and BC don't see that, by the way. The producers see that, so you have to, like, kind of direct it to them. But they, they Mikey will Moore Miles
0: out. sees that shit, all right?
1: Yes. I um, mean, you,
0: you want to talk to us? You know what I mean? Wait in line July 2nd, right? That weekend, International Fight Week. MK, LV, right? Like, that, like see us in person drive halfway across the country with a bag full of cured meat that you mixed yourself, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, but if you want to email that address, you're getting Mikey Mornwell. You're not getting us, okay? Yeah, that's so right. just, you
1: know. You're going to get him. You're not going to get us, so keep that in mind. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here BC? Showtime is the label that pays. Go to showtime.com. Get a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pounce in. And I know what you might be saying. It's like, oh, Luke, when's the next fight? Well, yes, the next one is this weekend, which is be on Showtime pay-per-view. Bellator is not till the end of June, I believe, June 24th, something like that. So it'll be some time. But, BC, this is the good part about getting Showtime. It's not just about Bellator. It's not just about the championship boxing. It's also about all the stuff on the app, all the programming. You get everything that Showtime has to offer, including your favorite Bill Cosby documentary, right?
0: Yeah and it is a fantastic documentary. Bill Cosby jokes aside, shout out to uh W Kamal Bell. We just told just uh, one of our many, Luke, celebrity viewers and listeners. And you know, I I I wear that fact like a like a badge of honor on my sleeve, Luke, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um we got we got weirdos that nobody knows unless they show up in the police blotter and we've got professional weirdos <laughs> too, Luke. We've built a great family here so shout out to the mk all right
1: uh both of us are actually wearing i got my factory town shirt you got the mug you can get some merch morning combat dot store bc we're both repping now you have the you have the 1.0 merch, which is available on the showtime website yeah i got the one that's at morning combat store which one's Well, they favorite?
0: have made 1.0 a couple 1.0 items available on the new site as well uh, so i think you okay. can pretty much get what you're looking for morning combat dot store and as we mentioned uh international how about that flat shipping rate? Can't beat it, right? Can't, I mean, wh- where do you live? Djibouti, right? I mean, if you do, you now can get it for one price, one flat rate ship right to your damn house, all right? So, uh, why don't you do that at morningcombat.store? And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I could sit here, Luke, and, you know, and smell my own finger and, and and crack some really weird dad jokes for as long as you want. But if you're willing to talk about fights, I'm ready.
1: I am absolutely ready to talk about fights. So, you have that as well. BC, I want to make. Note that uh, I use a VPN. It's one of the best things I can do for myself when I'm getting online and looking at, you know, sites that um, are my favorite, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. But I need security, BC, and I need yeah. privacy, and I need my IP address hidden, <laughs> and I need my traffic
0: encrypted. You know what I'm saying? To prevent imprisonment. Uh, but the thing about NordVPN, though, uh, they offer a brand-new feature to the desktop app, providing threat protection You know, really, which takes your digital security to the next level. And Luke, you know, all you have to do is enable this on your NordVPN app. It protects you from malicious websites, malware, trackers, intrusive ads. Even if you're not connected to the damn VPN server at that time, look, it's always got your back like AC, Al Cowlings, right? It'll just make sure you, you have
1: the most. Just make sure you have the most up to date version of the app on your device, whatever that may be, and go to the shield icon and switch on the threat protection button. Yeah. Now that you have reversed everything, go grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com/combat. Of course, combat with a K. Or use the code combat. Same thing, K. <laughs> to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan, plus free threat protection, plus one additional month. For free, it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee.
0: And along with amazing cyber security benefits and getting that ability to access streaming services in other countries with no extra cost, NordVPN now comes with a free anti-malware feature which protects your devices like we're talking about. From all that phishing crap, the malicious ads, the malware, anything that's trying to break up what you're trying to do, um, you're going to need this protection. And um, Luke, I I try to throw you a little curveball sometimes because I look at this as as you know, theater, Luke. These ad reads, and you're very much like. And then they fought this person, and then they fought this person. You know, that's right. I'm
1: like BC. I meant to tell you, so I took my kid to uh, you know, it's called gymnastics, but it's it's really they just mess around on like you know, (laughs) gymnastic like equipment for three year olds, and they're a little bit of coordination and a little bit of like you know. Hey, let's practice this front roll. But then it's mostly just kids playing with bubbles and listening to or whatever. So I took my kid to uh, I took my kid to gymnastics on Saturday morning. Wasn't even thinking. Had the morning combat shirt yes. <laughs> that has the Pornhub like uh, you know design
0: uh, features. No, I, I was no. wondering
1: why I was getting so many weird looks that morning. And then I realized, oh, right. I oh. wore this one. Didn't even occur You're, to me. I wasn't even thinking about it.
0: <laughs> You're like, do I wear the death metal T-shirt that embodies like people getting hung by their, you know, cut off head? Or do I wear the adult film uh, site reference looking podcast between two washed dads? Yeah, that's that's a it's a wonderful life, Luke. You know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: so many choices. Uh, All right. with that in mind, let's get this uh, party started. We have a lot to get to today, so without further ado, let us begin. Topic number one, we will start, of course, as we customarily do, with the Ultimate Fighting Championship. First things first, so uh, Ketlin Vieira scores what can only be called a disputed, but nevertheless, a split decision victory over Holly Holm in Saturday's main event. Now, BC, a lot to unpack from this one, but the first thing first is, the judges had... Two scorecards, 48-47 for Vieira. One of them had it, 48-47 for Holly Holm. So there was no 4-1. There was no 5-0. It was all 3-2. No fouls, no point deductions. That was just the way that it went, which inherently should tell you that it was pretty close to begin with. So let me just ask you this. First, how did you score it? And second, do you understand the controversy? What do you make of it?
0: I scored a three rounds to two for Holly Holm. And, uh, you know, you saw her in the interview afterwards Every response sort of circled back to, well, I know I won this fight. I think I won this fight. I think she did win the fight. I do think it was close enough in certain periods where it lacked maybe next level aggression and offense to, to to leave somebody with no doubt in an argument. No, it didn't have that. There was enough. It was a close enough competitive fight. I just think overall I saw home do better work, even though it was her opponent that was landing the the more damaging blows. I just didn't think there was enough of them from Vieta to overcome the good work you're seeing across the board that Holm was doing. Now, do I understand the the controversy? Yes, but I'm almost more focused on... Holly Holm had to work really freaking hard to get the scorecard on my card. I mean, she had to use almost everything she had left, and I'm not sure, Luke, even with... Vieta having a a good performance, landing you know landing her power, going five hard rounds. I don't think Holly Holmes should be going life or death with with this level of fighter. So, uh you want to talk about that judging scoring? Sure. I thought they got it wrong, but it's close enough where it could have been either way. And I think I expected more from Holly Holmes in the end.
1: Um i I have a very sim uh, I'll say similar ish. Similar ish feeling to what I had with Rose versus Carlo. Now that fight was worse by a lot. I mean, I'm not saying that they're equivalent. Please don't misunderstand me. And this one had a lot more to lack. Like. like, for example, this this rear naked choke nearly closed the show in the second round. Credit to Vieira for throwing it on there. Credit to Holly Holm for slipping out the inside left shoulder and escaping it. So there were some there were definitely like way more punctuated moments. I don't want folks to focus on just that. But the point I do want to make is here we have yet another weekend where we have both the commentary crew, who are as esteemed as fighters as they come, and we have fighters in the cage. Obviously, these are A-level fighters who all seem to be a little bit not clear on what the scoring criteria is and what is valued and what should be pursued and what counts. I know it sounds insane when I get up here and I say, oh, uh, you know, most of the major figures in the sport don't seem to understand the scoring criteria – I know that sounds insane. It also sounds like an insult. It is not designed to be an insult. I think if you have a problem at scale where you have this many people confused about it, then the folks who are in charge of changing it should probably have done a better job of getting the word out. I I genuinely mean that. That's not some kind of dodge or cover. Truly, if the problem is that pronounced, you have to do better about it. At the same time, BC, this is really the operative condition fighters are putting together strategies either on the fly or ahead of time and executing them and then getting confused about why it's not going their way. Let me point out something here. You had Holly Holm reach for a double or a single, she would catch it, wouldn't get the takedown but would get capture the leg, drive Vieira into the fence and then control her with an underhook and a head on the same side as the underhook driving her over. Now, understand something. From that position what Holly Holm is told to do Underhook, head on the same side of the underhook, controlling head position, right? Uh, catching the far wrist, catching the far bicep. She is the one, by the clinch terms, controlling it. By clinch terms, that is the dominant player of the two. But the judges aren't trying to award people who have the best clinch per se. They're not trying to award people who have the best tight takedowns per se or the best footwork per se. What they are judging is damage, what they are judging is offense, and control in the clinch, while valuable and important, by itself is really not going to go very far at all in scoring. There has to be something that pushes the offensive quotient in terms of damage. There has to be something that pushes the offensive quotient in terms of danger, and that position is a safe and reliable position for control. It is not a safe and reliable position by itself, absent something on top of it, for Offense, offense that the judges value, offense that the judges count. And it is alarming to me. I genuinely mean this. It is alarming to me that A list fighters and A list commentators, week after week after week, seem to think that because they know how to fight, which they most certainly do, they most certainly know how to fight, that that confers upon them an understanding of how to judge and what judges value they are distinct. They have overlap, but they are not the same skill. When people say we should just get fighters to be judges, this in no way solves the problem by itself without an acknowledgement that there is a scoring criteria that the vast majority that that I can tell of fighters seem to, at least at a bare minimum, not be clear on. B.C., this is a I'm not going to call it a scandal, but this is actually a very big issue in the sport that seems to not be getting the attention that it deserves. Okay,
0: you've, you've got the right argument. I just think you have it at the wrong time, meaning I don't think this fight was similar. What was that m- very recent Bellator main event? What was it, Bader versus... Bader uh, and uh, Congo. No, no, the one where... Uh, oh, MVP
1: and Logan Storley.
0: There it is, exactly. Uh, MVP and Logan Storley, in the end, I believe, was judges, and in that case, I guess, big John McCarthy, who sided with the judges in terms of what he saw, I don't think that they were necessarily going the letter of the law of the scoring system. So the argument that you just made right there, the take, I think works better in that type of fight, in that direction. I don't think Holm lost this not understanding the scoring system. I think that's where the difference is. I think Holm was, she had intention in her offense when she had the the quote unquote control position. Now, what I'd said earlier was I don't think she did enough damage, basically, where you can go to the scorecards with full confidence. But I'm not upset with Holly Holm thinking she won that fight because, Luke, at in the end of the day, yes, Vieta landed the, the more damaging shots, but how much activity did Holly need to have mixed with the control, mixed with the busy offense to, to in, in, in most people's eyes, either equal or better, what Vieta did with the damaging shots, I think Holly did enough. I thought when you mix in the control, she was trying to get for the takedown. She stood her up. Would, would, I know that's that's not the most exciting stretches we saw, but I thought I saw Holly do enough and and, and look offensive enough. I think your argument is, is more for when somebody's trying to win a, a fight completely on control. Did you no, not? it's not. Did, it's not. did you not see enough not, offensive though. intention in home, Luke? When you l- l-
1: just to be clear, when you say offensive intention, help me understand what you mean by that.
0: Um, aggression, really. Uh, a, a point. Look, every fighter seems to understand that in a position where nothing's happening, if they can stay busy, they're showing intention to the judges that even in this crappy position or where I'm really working for control, I'm at least giving you the uh, you know the the visual illusion that I'm going for and trying to push forward. I think Holly Holmfield... filled. A lot of those dull moments with at least that. I'm not saying overall she landed so much in terms of damage that there's not an argument here. There is an argument. It's a close ass fight. I just, I don't think Holly Holm missed it. I think the well, judges just didn't prefer what she put out there.
1: Okay, so to be clear, uh, you know, it was, as we mentioned, it was 3 2, 2 3, 3 2. So. I don't think Holly Holm has a poor argument for winning. That's not my argument at all. And I also, obviously, if she feels disappointed, that's entirely understandable as well. Um, but remember what her first comments were as soon as the fight was over. She said, I'll give a round two. Now, that was the round with the choke. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but she thought she won all the rest of the rounds, and it was no big deal. Let me explain something. If you and I are apart, and I level change, and I grab your leg, and I drive you to the fence, I have a near side underhook and a head, a head on the same side, I drop the leg... Now we are there. You are being pressed into the fence. I am winning this exchange. I am winning this control position between you and me. As far as the judges are concerned, it's not to say that it's, it's meaningless, right, because I am initiating some kind of offense, but it's worth that much to them. Once I get there and I press you up against the fence, the only thing that matters from there is what kind of damage you are scoring. The value of getting the underhook and then the near side head control The value is that now, with this underhook, I can move you. I can turn you. I can off-balance you. I can lift you. I can do all kinds of things. Plus, because I have the head on the inside angle, I now have a better angle for dominant strikes. Simply arriving to that position, being basically a wash in strikes in the clinch, and then at distance, which is what the judges must have determined, that Vieira was doing slightly better, which is, I think, all you could really say. Vieira did a, a few rounds. She did slightly better. That, to me, should not be surprising to anybody. The fact that I initiate the clinch and that I control it, but I don't really afterwards meaningfully put damage behind it, it's not to say that the clinch is irrelevant. It's to say as far as the judges are concerned, you may have initiated and controlled the clinch, but you didn't use it for any kind of effective uh, offense thereafter. So like she's saying, I controlled the rounds for the majority of the time. That's absolutely true, but not with offense.
0: Okay, well, number one, she also had good moments in striking at distance, including that series of three straight front kicks that was landing. Like, she started, like, it wasn't as if Holly's banking on what she did in the clinch. I get what you're saying that nothing really counts until the clinch is established. Then let's see who lands, you know, better. But Holly is still throwing more and landing more when she's in those control positions so i get what you're saying that doesn't uh, once, alone once they were on the fence line it was best. Once, once
1: they were on dude once they were on the fence line it was a wash there was no i don't think it was a difference.
0: wash when when someone's forcing the position i get what you're saying that's not supposed to be judged but once she gets there dude she's dictating. she's landing a lot of those clean left uh, left sidearm shots i don't know i saw enough intention from home to score it for her I do understand that you're, she didn't you're, land You're enough. giving
1: her a grade on can, can effort. Can I finish? Can uh, I
0: finish the sentence? I, don't I do know, understand Perot. that. Can I she's... finish?
1: Can I finish? I mean, the, it does suck when people cut you off, right, BC?
0: Well, look, the, I had to stand firm because you're not getting the cue that most people with great chemistry have, that when the other person starts talking, <laughs> you let them in because you trust them that they're not going to take it over for three minutes. You know, they're either coming in to make a correction okay, or make okay, a okay. badass go, joke. Go. You know what I mean? Go, go, go. Um, done,
1: done she now? didn't
0: land enough damage to, to not be in the spot where there's an argument, but I don't think you discount completely because she's not landing huge flush shots. Dude, she's the only one in, in some of those sequences throwing anything that has to matter for something when you're, when you're doing the mental math and you're a judge and you're adding up everything you see, it's got to add up to something to Dude, add. Let me, into let me the- explain
1: something. If I have a minute, let's say there's just, let's just, I'm going to realize a round is five of these, but I'm just trying to make it more digestible as a point. If you initiate the clinch with me in the same way that she did and you land those shots in the clinch, a couple of you know, knees to the thigh, a couple of lefts over the top where she was throwing or whatever, and then we separate and I've hit one time on my lead left hand and I rock your head back. You don't win that minute. I right. win that minute. Right. And you saw a lot of that where they would have some separation and Ketlin wouldn't land much. I agree with you numerically, not a whole lot, but it would have a more demonstrative effect. Now, again, I'm not saying that there's no case for Holly Holm. There is a case for Holly Holm, maybe even a better case than the one for Kitlin Vieira. I think the point I'm trying to make here is we need to tamper back uh, the confusion of how, about how judges are arriving at these positions. And part of that confusion stems from the fact, we need to say it explicitly, elite fighters who, of course, know how to fight seem to be very confused and not clear on what the judges are looking for. And all I'm pointing out is if you get a little bit more symmetry between that, I think you're going to get fewer of these situations, which of course are arguable in either way. What is not arguable is that rounds one, three, four, and five are clearly homes. No, they are not. No, they are not. You cannot push somebody into the fence, use a control position where you have literal advantages positionally and you don't really uh meaningfully add any offense and then when it separates you get your head rocked back dude you're going to lose rounds that way well then just let the me way counter, that it goes
0: let me counter that we get a lot of people whenever we give our take on who won a ufc championship fight you know did the judges get it right well i think you know whitaker had a case in the second not fight we do a lot of that right it's podcast filter but a lot of people come back at us and go bc and lt like did you not see all those calf kicks, for example, in whatever fight you're talking about? You know what I mean? Did you not see this? Luke, did you not see the constant, constant knees to the thighs and legs by Holm? I, again, I'm not saying those are of the same equal strike for strike as a big left hook from Vieta. But I'm just saying there's a lot of these little moments of activity from Holm and there was intention and she is chipping away at those legs. They gotta add up to something. You can't just... Like, you can't just say, oh, she won that minute because she landed one left hook. You're scoring on five minutes, Luke. You get it? I
1: understand. But, dude, what are those supposed to mean if it doesn't in any way inhibit her movement? Like, it didn't do anything. It didn't leave a mark. It didn't inhibit her movement. She was she was uh, relenting to the position, but it's more than just what's happening with your legs. There's a lot of upper body it slows them down. It's like there. going like, to the
0: body. It slows people down. Luke
1: dude, you going know? to the body and it slows you down. You can visibly see it slow her down. Did it? It didn't. It didn't do anything. It didn't mark her up. It didn't do shit. Like, what do you want me to say that it did? Did I see it that it landed? Yes, I saw that it landed. Did I see that home was working? I will give her credit. Her work rate. See, that's one thing. Her work rate was high. Holly Holm was working the entire time. I'll give her that. I will not deny her that. No doubt about it. She was working the entire time, but she was working with a strategy that was not. I mean, I I feel like we're missing the debate here. The debate is how is it we're in 2022 and we have very elite members of the MMA circle in this case, commentators and fighters who are not clear on what the judging should be. We can talk about how Holly maybe has a better case than Vieira and that maybe that's the case. But the real controversy comes from the fact that, oh, my God, what are the judges doing here? Dude, the judges, you can make an argument for Vieira. It's not in any way implausible. And if you're saying, well, I'll give her the second and then one, three, four and five are all mine. Dude, no, like that's just not. And if you believe that, it's because you believe that based on probably a set of principles that don't line up with what the actual scoring criteria is. And B.C., because we keep revisiting this theme I feel like that's the story here, not whether or not there's an argument for Holm, which, of course, there is.
0: Yeah, I mean, I disagree with you, and that's fine. I just think you have the right argument for the wrong fight. I I think the the judges just missed that Holm did enough, but, you know, it's going to always be that debate, Luke, when it's close of singular, powerful strikes, again, versus how much average-level landing is going to eventually trump that. And I, I don't think, I mean... There's a debate in that, Luke. I, I get you're scoring aggression and, and damage above all else. I absolutely understand that. But how much aggression and damage wins you around if you've landed? Well, you're two- not
1: scoring aggression and damage. You're just scoring damage first. Aggression doesn't come into it unless damage is even. Damage wasn't even, bro.
0: Okay, like, so this is what, what i got to ask about. you. How, how, how secure can you be that if Vieta lands two hard visible strikes that you saw... How much do you really know that the rest of the round, Holmes' constant this or that, doesn't equal? That's what I'm saying, Luke. Right, I, so I, I mean, this, a- this
1: is this is part of the reason why judging is inherently fraught with peril. It's not an easy job, no matter how qualified or how clear everyone is in the scoring criteria. Fair enough. You're just trying to guess. In some ways, you may not know. Maybe her leg was hurting like shit the next day. Because it all added up. I don't know. But what I can say is you, you have to make a determination in real time. Meaningfully speaking, what were what, what can you say that those strikes did? Did they change her? Like, for example, if someone takes a hard leg kick and it reddens up and then they switch stance because now they have to hide it. Dude, that kick landed. You know that landed. Other times it can be hard to tell. I guess what the judges are saying, and, and by the way, I should be clear. I'm defending the judges, but I also want to say because the judges never have to justify themselves after the fact, we have no fucking idea exactly what their, their thought pattern was because we're now forced to make some kind of guess about it. Yeah. But I'm going to guess in, in in this situation here that if your head gets rocked back, that is so demonstrative as to be both memorable and then quite valuable versus sort of rabbit shots and charlie horses. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but if it doesn't change their movement pattern, if it doesn't swell up, if it doesn't do something, what is the value? I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of value for the judges.
0: I just think it, it, it touches on an area that you... You can't see the potential in, in in internal damage. And that can become fishy when somebody who's landing the bigger power shots didn't land enough. Because would I rather get punched clean twice or would I rather get punched at three-quarters strength repeatedly for four minutes? I, You know, that's the debate, Luke. So, you know, maybe we can be the first show that... that Makes it official friendly. We'll get judges. We'll get refs to come on here. We'll we'll do a weekly they, they, they segment. They don't
1: ever want to talk, dude. I've tried. We'll do they a weekly
0: segment. Talk. What does Keith Peterson smell like? I mean, it could be it could be epic, <laughs> Luke. You know, what I mean, we could be the the, uh, the, the I, safe home for these officials to, to come air their griefs. All right.
1: To to move the conversation along, I thought Dean Thomas, who by the way, I mean Dean Thomas might be the first commentator I've ever heard say a UFC fighter looked old. I mean, usually commentary in MMA is very you know walking on eggshells. Uh, did you agree? Do you think Holly Holm looked old?
0: Yeah, I, I teased it earlier. Um, even as he said that, I didn't want to necessarily believe it because, you know, Holm has these stretches where she's controlling the fight. She is, but she's also busy and landing and, and doing a lot of stuff. But in the end, pat- particularly over those championship rounds, four and five there, where, you know, Holm is is trying to land this plane, but Vieta is, you know, coming out with these these... Not enough of them in my eyes, but these offensive bursts that are landing and, and doing damage. I think Holm, Luke, ultimately had to pour like pour it all out. I mean, it was you know it wasn't blood and guts, but just short of that, I think Holm had to exert too much to get a win over somebody that I think you know two, three, four years ago she can do w- with much more ease. So, is she getting older? Did we see it on this night? Yeah, I think we did, Luke. Even though I thought I, I, she won the fight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 hard her, harder for her to establish and hold a control, a pattern that she once did with ease. That's got to answer it, right?
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I thought she looked, I, well, I, I thought she did look physically strong, right? I thought she looked physically strong for the weight class still. Obviously, she's in tremendous physical condition, right? You can see she's very muscular and whatnot. So that part was the same. I guess it's a little hard to tell on video, you know, fight to fight, although she'd been off for a while and whatnot. But, yeah, I definitely thought age might have been showing a little bit towards the end there. And, again, dude, like with a different, maybe with a different judge, with a different, um, you know, slightly different effort or whatever, or, or, you know, shot selection or whatever, she could have easily won this one. It it wasn't like, here's the thing, dude, Vieira won this. This was not a mandate, though. Like, you ever seen someone win a big political election and they win with a landslide? And it's like, okay, the voters put this person in because they really believe in what this person has to say and they really want their ideas pumped in there. You know, this was not like... If this was a number one contender fight, the result doesn't feel like that affirming for the winner here, no?
0: No, it doesn't at all. So I, I felt like, wow, wow when, when the decision got read, because I didn't agree with it, but I think more importantly... This is a win that's gonna gonna launch Vieta to, to some very big opportunities. That, based on her performance here, which was gritty, I'll give her that for sure. You know, still almost finished the fight. Like, still had some big moments. I don't think it was enough to give me the confidence that she's title ready. That she's going to be, you know, uh, that she's not going to get that 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 uh, that someone on the level of a uh, Pena, who's the champion, Nunes, who's trying to get it back, and they just, by the way, announced that for July thirtieth as as the main event of that mm-hmm. uh, pay-per-view this summer. I don't think that that uh, it, it doesn't come across as a win to me. Maybe I'm being extra critical here, Luke. Maybe I'm caught up on some subconscious Holly Holmes super fandom, but um, I wasn't impressed overall by what Vieta showed us here.
1: Fair enough. I can understand that. All right, so let's go to point number two here. BC, we talk about the co-main event from the UFC. Uh Michelle Pereira getting easily the biggest win of his career, albeit close, Albeit, again, another split decision, beating the Argentine Santiago Ponzinibbio, via split, and of course the co event, as I indicated. Okay, same question again, BC. How did you score the fight? And then there wasn't a lot of debate about the scoring here, although, again, the third round was obviously um, a great one. And the fight overall was pretty good as well. Yeah, it
0: was a great fight. Is, is,
1: is the takeaway that Pereira is finally ascending, or is the take that Ponzinibbio is descending, or both?
0: Inevitably, but in the end, both. But I like the first one much more. Yes, Pedata is ascending, and he is only twenty-eight, not thirty-five, like I, I, I thought. And yes, I needed to see a really serious performance, which I thought Ponzinibbio could demand of him. And let's give Ponzinibbio credit; he came out of the gate slow. At thirty-five, he doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, who we thought he could be on this comeback. Now, one and three there are, uh, but you know, he made it tough as hell in that third round. But even with that, Luke, I'm seeing a, when he knows he needs to be, I'm finally seeing a responsible, poised, gritty Michelle Podeda because he had to do this, not with the dancing and the flipping and the craziness, he had to bite down and fight. And it's not as if he wasn't vulnerable in that third round, but he's got a good chin for being a guy who takes such big chances. He's in sick shape as we know. Would I have loved if this was a little bit more efficient and wrestling friendly like we saw in the Chaos Williams win? Yeah, of course. He took some big damage. But yeah, Luke, for somebody like me who's been so critical of Panetta, this is exactly what I needed to see to to finally believe it. He's got a five-fight win streak. You know, would I favor him to win the title tomorrow? No. But this was another sort of wrinkle in his game that he had to show me to get me to buy in on him. And I got to give it up to him, dude. This is this a gritty-ass professional win. I mean, I didn't see any of that that, that bullshit, Luke. And I don't say bullshit because I'm some old guy sitting on a porch telling you to get off my lawn. I want to see everything you do be aimed at getting the win. This time he did that, Luke.
1: Yeah, he yeah. really did. I, I really agree. I, I, I would say that, again, we've seen him fade a little bit over the course of a fight he didn't fade in like a horrible way here but definitely Ponzinibbio was turning it around if it had been a five-round fight I do wonder who would have won that one because Ponzinibbio was obviously doing a lot better in the third although even then Pereira was doing pretty well I mean BC remember what we said on Friday what did we need to see yes could he win via some explosive blah 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 blah. yeah maybe he could But could you do more than prevent defense? So he got away from all the craziness and then went to like a very defensive kind of posture. Could he then round it back out and then make some offense behind it? Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Even when he was backing up and using lateral movement, he was still out striking Ponzinibbio early and through the middle parts of that fight. And even later on, he was still getting inside and Ponzinibbio was coming real wide and couldn't find the right shots. Now, to your point, BC, because he faded down the stretch, I do wonder about what happens when he gets to the upper end of that division to be clear, as good as the offense was, there still needs to be, I think, more to really make you believe he could do something, you know, noteworthy at the upper end of this division. Like there's still a lot of growth that has to happen. But, but he's got to mix in the, the wrestling, Luke. He's got to mix again? the
0: the wrestling's got to be a major threat into yeah. what he does. It just kind of went away this fight, right?
1: It did. But I mean, compare this fight, not just the quality of opponent, right? Because we're asking, is it coming or going? You're right. It's a little bit of both. Um, but You know, compare the way this fight looked and the way Pereira fought to, like, his early UFC fights. It's in You can't even tell it's the same guy. It's amazing how different he looks in his evolution. Like, he clearly was like, okay, I'm going to be here for a little bit of fun, and then changed his whole mindset up. And to the point about being 28, dude, he's got two more years, really, to work on it before he gets to the center of his prime. And a guy this athletic might have a longer prime than most, because he's obviously a crazy good athlete. So... My point being is, dude, like, is this guy ready to beat Gilbert Burns tomorrow? No, I don't think he's ready for anything like that. But is he clearly showing that, A, his past appears to be behind him? Yes. And is he clearly showing he is now, I'm going to say, a contender worth, not title-ready, but worth taking seriously? There's no doubt in my mind at this point that's true.
0: Absolutely. But, you know, to to, to always be critical and and fair – Everything I said, everything you said, absolutely. He's going in the right direction, but I have got a little bit of concerns, mostly Luke, that he does love to brawl and he can out brawl the guys on this level while still taking some damage back, but he's not going to be able to out brawl any of the elite guys. So that's why, uh, you know, look, work in progress, but yet on a five fight win streak, he's got to start showing, uh, uh, the balance, the double threat, uh, you know, of the ground game and what he can do. And obviously, dipping back into his magic bag once in a while to have the threat of something big and crazy without leaning on it and gassing himself out. But uh, I do, you know, if he goes, that, that third round, he kind of he kind of leaned on whatever he had to get through Nibio's big shots. You do that against the very best, you're not getting out of that fight. So that's my concern. But Luke, um, for, for a guy on a five-fight win streak, Podata's not even in the top 15 right now at welterweight's. After the fight, you know, he's not using words like Usman and Colby. He's called out Jorge. He called out, I believe, Nick Diaz, maybe Nate, maybe maybe both. I'm not really sure. Uh, is this a good move to, to try to get the BMFs of the world to go, oh, here's a firecracker. Let me go, you know, let me go play fight with him and, and, and make a fun action fight. Is that the right move in your eyes to try to get his name known more if you're a
1: Yeah, it's as good as any of the movies he's going to get. You're right. A, he's not ready for the truly upper end of that division. And uh, B, they wouldn't take fights with him anyway uh, if he even got offered them. But these ones seem a little bit more doable. Aging guy who might brawl a little bit, make it fun and exciting a little bit, but is beatable. Again, this guy's big for the weight class, strong for the weight class. Of course, those make sense. It was just weird that he was like, oh, you know, Jorge slid into my wife's DMs. And then Jorge posts it. And it was because his wife had sent him a nice note to uh Pereira or to Jorge and then Jorge just responded with like a thanks almost it's like that did not go the way (laughs) I was expecting it to go to be quite honest with you right
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: that was that was bad uh for Santiago Ponzanibio BC you mentioned it the dude hasn't had a KO win since beating Magny since November of 2018 he now currently sits at 35 years of age at 170 pounds that's not over the hill but it's a little bit alarming especially since he had that long layoff between 2018 and 2021 what is your read on what the future holds for him
0: when he came back from that nearly two-year uh long layoff for multiple injuries it was go time there was an idea he his brand was like oddly kind of buzzing and hot coming back after that break that like Oh crap, if he puts it together and stays healthy now, like we legitimately might have a potential, you know, top 5 guy, maybe a potential title contender. Like that's over with Luke. He's one in 3 since coming back, but yet has fought very good names and and has to his credit like looked credible, you know, looked competitive, but I don't think he gave me a lot of feelings in these fights that that he was going to win them though. So, where is he at? I I think he's at the point now where he's a uh, a name who will make TV-friendly fights. But I, I don't think he's going any higher than this, Luke. And that that's critical. That is shit. That's me being very critical and real. But I think I'm right on, Luke. You might be.
1: You might be. I mean, here's the thing. I'll say this in his defense. He, he did get the Miguel Baeza win. Now, Baeza, Baeza's kind of falling off a little bit. But that was a fight of the night. And this was a fight of the night. And again, BC, gun to your head. If this goes five rounds, who wins? I know we're just guessing. But seriously, who wins?
0: I don't know, because, how much you know, did they did they keep a, a crazier pace because it's a three-round fight and not a five? How much would that have right. changed things? Um, you know, I get your point that, that Padata looked like he was trying hard to bite down and hold that fight together, and he did. But, Luke, um, you know, I also thought Ponzinibbio could go with a big strike at any point in the second half of this fight. So um, I- I'm not really sure either way who would have won if it kept going. But... Uh, you know, it is one of those interesting ones where yeah, the winner comes out and he'll advance for this, but I got questions. And I think I got the same co- I mean, look, it was a slow start for Ponzini. He seems a step behind he seems a step behind out of the gate. To ch- mm-hmm. Once he gets locked in and figures out how to fight the other guy, he's in it, but he's got to accrue a lot of damage to be in it though.
1: Yeah, that's true. And again, he did get the KO loss to the Leech when he came back after, you know, 2-3 years whatever it was. Then he beat Baeza, so it's like, okay, all right. You had you know a little bit of ring rust, and you got it right. In his defense, these are both split decision losses, but at the same time, it's like these should have been guys that you would ordinarily have beaten prior to you leaving the division for however long he was gone. Like, dude, his his run before that was Andreas Stahl, Court McGee, Zach Cummings, Nordine Taleb, Gunnar Nelson, Mike Perry, and then Neil Magny and he knocked out Gunnar Nelson, and he knocked out Neil Magny. You would have thought if that guy had kept going, he would have beaten guys of this caliber, but it appears that, you know, my how the turntables, right?
0: Luke, if I was able to track down, unrelated, by the way, and secure an interview with Junie Browning of of tough fame, um, would you be down to do that with me?
1: I would have not much interest, no. I watched that season. I don't, rem- you know. I don't need to see it again.
0: The highlights of that season were must-see to see what he did next, Luke. I, so he reminded me of Puck from Real World 3, San Francisco, Luke, <laughs> and to some degree, although I'm sure he was much more focused on mayhem internally. But, you know, you, God, you don't that is kid. such
1: a 90s reference, Puck. Remember him? And who was the guy who, unfortunately, he uh, he had HIV and, then eventually, and eventually passed away. Yeah, yeah. they had beef.
0: Yeah. yeah, there you go, Long Island, Luke, I think. Yeah, nice work there. Um. Yeah. Everything always circles back to the '90s, Luke. You know, it's just it's, it's a nostalgic, safe.
1: Hey, whatever can you're kicking? Can you keep kicking it? Because it's definitely not making any noise.
0: <laughs> you yeah, know. Right. Luke. All right. Sorry. I mean, you know, it could have been Tukey, Luke. You know, you really don't know, right?
1: I'm just, yeah, Tukey, I can't control the can in your hand. I can. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Let's go to point number three, if we can. We go now to boxing showtime championship. We'll circle back to MMA in just a minute, but first. David Benavidez, I mean, dude, to say that this was light work is, I think, is 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 an overstatement. Maybe he demolishes David Lemieux, dropped him in the first, I think, dropped him in the second again, and then the towel came in on the third before the round was even over. Easy, easy victory. So my question to you is, BC, realistically, this was this was dominant in every way possible. Is this finally going to be the thing? where Benavidez gets, let's say, a worthy adversary up to the level of his skill.
0: It better. It better. It's time. It's time. And this one, you know, it turned out to be the the wrong side of the potential that it had, right? It had potential for action, and even in a one-sided fight, it did kind of give you that. You got to give Lemieux credit. He was willing to go out on his shield, and boy, did he. But, you know, we're just, we're just spinning the tires right now. Let's get Benavidez in a huge fight. Now, he had to do this to get that, interim WBC title which you could say okay it's just another kind of meaningless secondary belt yeah right now but what about if Canelo Alvarez doesn't come back to this division full-time what if he ends up getting stripped or, or vacates or what have you or what if he wants to come back at least now Benavidez has something a trinket a piece of the larger pie for what it's worth but next fight Luke it's gotta be you ready for this either Jamal Charlo who's moving up uh Caleb Plant, who's looking for a big fight, Uh, you know, Nick, w- would you like who else would you would would you accept here? You know what I mean? Can, Dimitri can I, I tell Andrew? you my
1: can I tell you my number one choice? Less. this has nothing Canelo. to do with whether it will get made. No, not even okay. Canelo. I mean, yeah, OK, Canelo be number one, but I don't know how likely that is. But I will tell you, though, among like the very likely possibilities or the more likely possibilities anyway, I really want to see the Caleb Plant fight. Caleb hasn't yeah. fought since he lost to Canelo back in November, dude. David Benavidez, listen, Lemieux was just overmatched here. Period. There's just I don't know how else you could say anything else. He was never in this. I mean, he tried. To your point, he gets viciously dropped in the first. Ref almost calls it, decides not to, and he goes out in the second. He tried, like he really, really tried, but Benavidez was too much. Dude, Benavidez looked awesome catching him right between punches. His timing was impeccable. That Caleb Plant fight to me is a guy you got a defensive you know, um, very, very careful strategic fighter in Caleb Plant who's really good about his movement, real good about reading what's coming at him. And David Benavidez is a fire hose of offense behind the jab, but when he wants to open up, he certainly oh, can. I love yeah. that fight.
0: It's, it's contrasting styles. It's perfect, right? The You know, the, the come forward monster against the slick boxer, but knowing that these two do not like each other. I mean, they're a, go search YouTube You know, Caleb Plant and the Benavidez brothers, and they've almost come to blows like a few times at at being at the same gym, crossing paths, whatever. Uh, There's been a lot of beef. Every time you and I talk to David Benavides. it's like we kind of resurface the whole idea of like, wait, why don't you like Caleb Plant again? And then you get five minutes of gold. Right, Luke? I mean, it's just, you know, creative insults of why. But um, it's a great fight. It's a big fight. I, uh, You know, I mean, look, even Jamal Charlo, who's going to defend his middleweight title once more, although he's uh, against uh, Machi Siletsky this summer on Showtime, but it's kind of said publicly, I'm going to move up to 68. Um, uh, let's let's go. Let, these guys, you know, the Charlos in particular, obviously, Benavidez is a lot younger. He's only 24, but he's been around a long time for being only 24. You know the Charlos. It's time for them to make the big fight. So if it's not plant, let's let's start banging the drum and build the road to to Jamal Charlo versus Dave Benavides, or somebody finally get you know Demetrius Andrade across the street into a big fight. Whatever you got to do here, it's got to be big. Luke Benavidez is rising. His style is 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 deadly yet you know defensively responsible. He's got the size. To be a problem for anybody at 68, maybe, maybe even Canelo. I don't know, maybe. I mean, the thing is, it's like, is he better than Canelo? No, under no by no means. But does he have that that thing, that style advantage potentially mixed with the backbone and the intention that he's gonna go in there and just keep coming forward until he until he can get you out of there. Him against Canelo, Luke, it it, it is the sexiest Canelo fight you can make. It is, right? Style wise, it is.
1: Well, the thing that uh, I I don't I mean the thing is you know better about where they might go from here better than I do so I, I don't have a firm read and I guess nobody does but I, I'm paying attention less to that I mean I'm hopeful for a Caleb plan I'm hopeful for a Jamal Charlo fight but I don't know what's going to happen next what I do want to say here is dude David Benavidez had to know that he was going to be the big favorite here right am sure he saw what the odds makers were and I know he knew on tape that he was going to be the better guy dude he showed up in the best shape I think I've ever seen him yeah. Did, did he not look to be an in very, I mean, he's never going to be bodybuilder Ronnie Coleman, you know, hey, buddy, light work, you know, lightweight, all that shit. He's not going to do that. But he is, he looked to me like he took training seriously. He looked to me like he's taking this phase of his life seriously. And he like, went in there and had a commanding performance, not just because he's better, BC, but because no matter how much he thought he was better than the opposition, he still crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. Dude, that's what you wanted from a guy yes. who previously had to surrender his belts on the scale
0: don't forget, he was a 250-pound amateur heavyweight as a teenager. Like, grossly overweight. So here's a guy now who made weight by a pound and a half for this one, which seemed to sort of, you know, make a statement in terms of his intention. So you're right. This was probably the best version we've seen of him. Uh, And uh, let's not wait any longer. Let's make the big fights. Let's give these guys chances to be legends, right? You got to beat the best guys in your era. Let's make these fights.
1: And by the way, real quickly, if Canelo vacates it and he be he gets elevated to the full-on weight class champion, what does that do? Like realistically, what does that mean for fans? For example,
0: that could make him, you know, in the short term, like the power player of the division because he's probably got the biggest name alongside, you know, along with Jamal Charlo, who's, who's maybe a bigger name in theory, but Benavides has the Mexican-American fan base behind him. Um, but you know, people are going. That's why I think even having this interim strap right now, for what it's worth if canelo is cuz the, the the sanctioning bodies don't seem to be in a rush to to strip canelo in fact wbc came out with a statement and everybody you know everybody's going to go oh canelo come on do do whatever you want sir you know what i mean same thing with floyd right like people weren't going out of their way to strip floyd you want somebody in that spot wearing your title also because you get a you know strong percentage of every fight purse for them to wear your title belt it's a interesting system this uh this sanctioning body belt system and by interesting i mean but you can play the game to win for yourself. And I think right now, even with this interim strap, Benavidez is going to be attractive for either, again, Jamal, Caleb Plant, both guys in the PBC universe. Easy fight to make. Let's freaking make it. All
1: right, fair enough. Uh, From there we go. Let's talk about this. I I, I debated putting this in the rundown a little bit in favor of other things. There is going to be an extra credit out today, so don't worry about that. So for that reason, let's go to point number four here, BC, which is... (laughs) can't believe I did it but here we are I think that there finally appears to be a little bit of what do you want to call it electricity heat connection whatever it is between Anderson Silva and Jake Paul so Anderson Silva had this you know whatever the fuck boxing match on you know you know wherever it was in in some kind of repressive uh it was in uh, Fight
0: Island Yaz Island yeah yeah, yes whatever
1: repressive government is in charge of that place and, uh, you know, he wins and looked amazing doing it again, another boxing match against somebody who, you know, not very much a credential boxer, but Anderson Silva looked very good doing it. Uh, Floyd Mayweather again, made short work of whoever he was going to be getting done more. I think his name Well,
0: may unfortunately made long work, Luke. It was eight rounds. All right. Okay. Nobody that's wins, short so. work.
1: He made easy work. I should say. Yeah. Um, but the point is this <clears throat> afterwards, Jake Paul takes to social media and says he could beat Mayweather and Anderson on the same night, which is, you know, hilarious. And then put out a second meme where he sort of showed himself to be a a pest exterminator. BC, let me ask you. I have thought that there would be no way Jake Paul would take this because I thought Anderson would ice him. I still think Anderson would ice him. But is this now not only the fight to make,
0: is it actually likely? If Jake Paul can't get Mike Tyson, and I can't even believe I'm saying that, but that is something that's also been getting tossed around back and forth. And look... Seriously, either Paul brother against Mike Tyson is the biggest fight you can make in this genre. It's so
1: strange to even and, say that, and
0: has enough strange elements where you're not really sure who's going to be who's going to win. Well, this fight with Anderson is just like that. It's just a little bit a step down in my opinion. Um, it's competition wise, this is probably the best Jake Paul fight you can make. Silva's forty seven, yes, but God, is he? I mean, he is. His instincts in terms of actual boxing in this run that we've seen him on including beating Chavez Jr who is quote unquote a real fighter. I mean it's like it's almost like where you want to ask yourself, "Damn, who could Anderson Silva have had been in boxing?" I know he's had a couple pro fights here and there sprinkled in uh but never took it s- that serious. I mean, he's still got it in the celebrity bubble level, he's the best. He's pound for pound probably the best right now. And for the first time, it wouldn't be Jake Paul dipping down for someone two, three weight classes lower to come up to, to him. This would be somebody who weighs a little bit more than him, probably, and, and is right on his level. But I think Luke, commercially, outside of Tyson, it's probably the biggest one he could do right now. I mean, it's it, it would do commercially, and we don't really know. Sorry, let me just say this. His Showtime deal expired. Nobody really knows where he's going next. He's obviously been chummy with Eddie Hearn and DeZone to make the Serrano-Taylor fight, But, you know, it could be Triller, it could be Showtime, it could be anybody for all we know. But him fighting Tommy Fury, which everyone thinks Jake would win handily, is not going to do what an Anderson Silva pay-per-view could do. You'd be buying that for the star power, you'd be buying it because you don't know what it's going to look like, but most importantly, for the first time, you'd be buying something where you're like, dude, Jake Paul could lose this and lose badly, potentially. So um, I wouldn't normally want this on this rundown, but... If Jake Paul is going to do the Jake Paul thing, at some point, you got to match yourself in a fight people don't think you can win. Is this the first one, Luke? Is this that first one, for real? I didn't know
1: what to make of the Tyron Woodley fight. I mean, I knew that Jake was probably picking it because he felt he had a reason to win. And Tyron, like someone asked me on my live chat last week, like, oh, is there a comparison between Tyron Woodley and Tony Ferguson? And there are some similarities about the stage of the career, but the point I made back about Tony BC, and I think you would agree, in that first round against Chandler, he was throwing. Like, he was throwing. And it wasn't reckless throwing like what you saw from Woodley against Luque. It was strategic throwing. So that, to me, was a big difference. Like, Tony showed some life in that first round and some thought and some, to, your, to borrow your term, intentionality that I thought showcased something that, you know, maybe maybe there's still something to 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 uh, there that, that he can use. Um, you know, I didn't know what to make of what Tyron was going to do against Jake. And then having seen two of them, you have a much better sense. Dude, I think, I mean, I guess I could be wrong. Listen, I've seen Anderson Silva in person, and we've had Jake in person. I was behind Anderson Silva in line the day after uh, GSP fought um, Jake Shields in Toronto. We were in the security line at the airport together. He's a lot bigger than Jake. Now, I don't know if he's bigger in, like, musculature. I don't know if he's bigger in that, that kind of way. But his frame is certainly much bigger than Jake Paul's. I will say that. But, dude, to answer the question, I think I think Anderson Silva beats him any way he wants. I, 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 listen, I will say this. Even if Jake Paul beats Anderson Silva, that has nothing to do with being able to beat, like, and winning a world title and, like, being a real boxer. To this point, he still wouldn't really be fighting someone who was just a boxer. But I'll say this, dude. No one thinks Anderson Silva, even at 47, is a chump. Nobody thinks no. that. Well if dude, Jake Paul beats Anderson Silva even at 47, that doesn't mean he's gonna be a world champion in boxing, but dude, you would have to give him respect at you that have point.
0: To. Especially if you've watched these, you know, each step of the way for Anderson. Now, I guess, you know, look, Tito Ortiz is a different level of opponent than a Jake Paul, yet, dude, he fucking put it on Tito Ortiz and got him the hell out of there. Like, uh, he can hit dude, you with let, punches. Me, let
1: me ask you, let me ask you. Do you well, think me, Anderson in your heart of hearts, real quickly, because I just want to know where your head's at? Is Anderson Silva, if you're advising Jake Paul, and maybe there's a different equation there, but just on pure fight terms, is Anderson Silva at this stage in boxing a bad fight for Jake Paul?
0: You no, have to look at your yes. options. <laughs> well, no, look, it's a it's the first fight that he not only could lose, he'd probably be favored to lose. Like it'd be it'd be close, but you get the point of all the reasons why. So if there is a, a fight that gives you as or greater commercial viability with somebody who's not as dangerous, would you take it? Yeah, you probably would. And you probably should. But right now, Luke, I don't see a lot of like slam dunk names. Like I know he was talking to Bisping for a minute. Like there's no other real names outside of Mike Tyson right now. where you are like, Oh shit. If they get that right. I mean, like Connor's not coming through that door. all Nate, they're all tied up probably strategically. So, uh, it- please,
1: but this would can, give, I mean, dude, what I mean, it, look, you, are you biggest, a billy goat with cans all over your feet? What is happening?
0: It's the biggest fight non Tyson commercially, but it would, it would shut everybody up. And eventually Jake's going to have to shut everybody up. And because nobody cares about Tommy Fury and there's no other option. Dude, Jake's got, I think he's got to do, it. I think he's kind of been cornered here. It's time. It's time to do it. And Luke, I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that he's 1000% going to lose and get knocked out. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a, strong young kid who's learned something but he can the most the key element here is what Woodley didn't have who was smaller and had far less experience. Silva can legit catch him with things that Jake doesn't see coming. And that danger is either going to make Jake Paul go into a cocoon and and have to ask himself, am I content to lose a decision here so I don't get KO'd? Or is it gonna activate something and make Jake fight him? And if this turns into a fight, it's gonna be explosive and fun as shit. And Jake's probably going to get knocked the hell out, Luke. So, um, yeah, even though I just told you I'm here saying Jake can win this fight, he can be in it, there's some potential self-cash-out element here. I mean, if he goes in there and loses but doesn't get knocked out, can Jake save his name in buying, in in market, in value, in brand? No, I think if
1: he goes there and fights Anderson Silva and loses, and let's say, you know, I would imagine if he loses to Silva, like, it wouldn't be barely. I would imagine that if he would lose, it would... Like, either he's ready for this or this is a... Like, this is the thing. I'm You, you, you used a perfect description, which was he's kind of cornered. See, this is the thing. The heat on the idea of fighting Tommy Fury has kind of faded. Fury just seems to be what he is, and there's not a lot of demand for it. And he was waiting. You're right. He was waiting for Conor to walk through the door. Maybe Nate would get out of his UFC contract or something. Jorge, who knows? Something along those lines where he they, they would get out of their contract and he could keep feasting on, you know... uh, Older MMA fighters, basically. And Anderson Silva fits that bill. 47, not really fighting MMA these days. Yeah, that's the guy. But the problem with Anderson is, dude, he is at 47 still, especially for knuckleheads who've never really boxed boxed, he's a fucking nightmare. And I think if you end up taking this and let's say Silva really punishes him, dude, the Jake Paul boxing thing, I don't know if it goes away in one dose or something, but it would would be potentially catastrophic for any future he has in wanting to get either the financial goals or any other goals in boxing.
0: I mean, yeah, getting knocked out, it's over. I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where he could be in the fight, have moments, lose by decision, yet it was kind of a fun fight, and we go, okay, I'd see him box again. I think either way, the chances are leaning more towards a loss than a win, but I think you got to take it if you're Jake. if you, Because Jake has held up a side of the argument that says I'm for real yeah, I'm, I'm a celebrity, I'm Disney, I'm disrupting boxing, but I also believe I'm for real. And unless you're going to go fight for a world title, which he's not and he shouldn't, unless you're going to fight one of Eddie Hearn's pros who are like 5-0, and oh, and you probably shouldn't do that either. You'd probably lose. If you're going to lose, lose with the biggest pay-per-view potential you have. So, Luke, if they think they can get the Mike Tyson fight, I'd say don't fight Anderson. But if you don't think you actually can right now, it's got to be Silva. It's got to be, Luke.
1: Uh, it's, uh, dude, I'm telling you, I think if he fights Silva, Silva, and uh, listen, I I've been wrong on Jake Paul a lot. You know, uh, I, I guess you're right. We have to take pos- take seriously his possibility of winning, bro. I think Silva tunes him up, and I think it would be like, oh, you took this fight because the other ones, like Dana White, holding on to these guys as long as he has. You know, I don't agree with it. I think the fighters should have contracts that allow them a little bit more freedom of movement. But we are where we are. It would actually be <laughs> something of a master stroke to force Jake Paul into a fight he was never going to be able to win, basically. And then Silva goes in there and bludgeons him. And by the way, let's say this. If Silva goes in there and bludgeons Jake Paul, first of all, I mean, you want to talk about MMA fans showering Anderson Silva with praise. But realistically, BC, I will ask this. If he goes in there, it does. I'm not saying what it would mean in terms of like, oh, what kind of boxer could he beat? Rather, what kind of fight could he get after that in the boxing world if he goes in there and demolishes Jake Paul. Is there is there a real question there?
0: That's an interesting conversation that I don't think we've gone down that road. Um dude, that would do a a ton for Anderson's current brand in terms of getting a big one. Um you know, I don't want to see him against Tyson. So if you're going more towards retired or somewhat active uh, uh you know, some Gaff dropping in Roy Jones Jr. um I mean that's and that's Anderson's see him dream box fight. Either, though. And it always has been Anderson's dream fight, but that fight's been washy in theory for a long time, and right now it's gross as shit. So please don't do that. Please don't. Um, I don't know. I just know that if if they made this fight, I think indirectly they would both benefit from Dana in getting involved indirectly and like openly cheering for Anderson and like because you know Dana would be waiting by the 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 trigger oh, on his yeah. Twitter like he was when Ferdoum rolled up uh Fedor and and was just like haha send you know uh uh what did he call stum? uh what did They call What do they call Vadim dummy. Yes yeah. that's right um Dana would have a feel there with this, that Luke, you know, right now, him and him and Anderson aren't getting along. If I'm Dana, I give him the, the paper bag filled with $3 million as a thank you. You you earned <laughs> this. Thank you.
1: I, I just, I'm telling you, part of this is either Jake real, is either Jake is much better at boxing than even we realize, and we've been, you know, front and center for his boxing fights, for better or for worse. Either he is much better about that, or he is... Or Dana White is pushing him into a fight. He is going to get fucking bludgeoned, and I don't know.
0: You know what? You're right. Find what? out. Okay, Jake's Jake's better than I think everyone realizes. Yet in every scenario in my head, it ends with him getting bludgeoned. You're right, Luke. This is a this is a no win. But what I would love if they did it f- this reason, it would really be Jake like going all in on how could he could be. No more tricks up your sleeves. No more smoke and mirrors. Like like all freaking in i am who i said i am let's do this thing yeah that element luke i think is going to lead to to sell sell uh to make this a, a pay-per-view that you know it could it could surprise you and do 900 a million 1.12 right i mean it, it's it's this this is a, a Dude, real for, for,
1: like the other jake paul fights like what was my criticism of him like the, the, there was clearly a fan base he was pulling from we were there in cleveland like we saw them like they were They were partly MMA fans, but partly not. It was definitely a weird. There was like all these crypto kids chasing around Dave Portnoy as he was walking around the concourse. It was a different fan base. Like it was it was something going on there. So I I get that. But like we didn't know what we were gonna get with Tyron in Boxing. Dude, you have seen what Silva can do. Like you've seen it. You've seen it at this point. You know. This would be the first time I'd actually be like genuinely interested in the boxing. Like, like I, I was more interested in the spectacle and the business of Jake Paul. This time, I'd be like, wow, man, I really want to see what happens in this fight, and Silva would be the only one where I would maybe want to say that about, but I also feel like when Dana tells him, oh, you should go fight Anderson Silva, that is Dana trying to craft a narrative and force certain things on him that I think Dana feels like that would fuck him up, and we'll see if he takes the bait. I don't know.
0: If Anderson wins, then suddenly Dana shows up in the cage with his arm around him and Wearing a Zufa boxing shirt and Anderson suddenly becomes the face of this new pay-per-view brand. That's going to disrupt the trailer market. And yeah, it's going to be great.
1: La- last question. And we'll move on. I swear. Does it sell a million buys? Yeah,
0: I think it does. I think it does. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. All right. Last but
1: not least, ugh, I, 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 you know, we had to put in the rundown because it's a relevant story, but it kind of broke my heart a little bit. Junior Dos Santos gets back to action at Eagle FC on Friday, Eagle FC 47, and he was doing pretty well for the most part, um, really well. And with the leg kicks, he was chopping down Jorgen DeCastro, but then threw a right hand and just randomly dislocated his shoulder, making it the fifth TKO loss in a row for JDS. B- BC, I'm going to ask this question as plainly as I can.
0: Time to retire? Yeah, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, yeah. Even though he's 38 and heavyweights can age very late, and I'm sure when he... When he puts in a full camp and he looked to be in good shape here, that he still feels like he can do things that 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 he once did. But Luke, I mean, how many more t- KO losses? This may have been his body saving him from the inevitable further damage, even on this level, headlining Eagle FC, right? And I know they're also trying to get him into a fight with Fedor. And did it look? I didn't watch this to be fair, but I did see some criticism online. Tell me if it's if it's rightful or not that okay. the the broadcast. Is trying to push the idea of a crossover Bellator pay per view, Fedor versus JDS, and that they were still kind of pushing it, even with the injury. Is that true?
1: Yes. Yes. The whole time, Ugh. I didn't, I mean, I guess this Bellator and Eagle FC thing is more involved than I realized. So, first of all, Islam Mamadov, who I guess was on loan from Bellator, fought on this card. He won. Yes. So, there you go. So, there are, again, we've already talked about it. BC, you know this as well as I do. There, Scott Coker already had a talent, very moderate, but a talent-sharing program with Ryzen. Why wouldn't he have one with another promoter? Now, Eagle FC, I guess they got Islam Mamadov on there. The, the, the commentators would spend times, and there would even be this one shot where it would be like Kamaru, the play-by-play guy, chael and then henry at the end and they would spend minute upon minute talking about a potential fight with fedor and what it would mean they would talk about it all through the broadcast like they were clearly setting this up as a big thing and then he just throws his right arm out
0: okay in theory if i was okay before he threw his arm out with the idea of doing this and i kind of was but but to be fair i'm more in love with the idea of rival promotions theory rival right teaming up, right? I, I am in favor of that. I think any MMA fan, anyone who's not the UFC kind of teaming up to help make big fights is a win for us. So the arm thing shouldn't. So you asked me, should he, should he? Look, yeah, in a perfect world, he should walk away. He's accomplished a ton. Why take further punishment? But he is in a potential conversation to make money here. And Fedor's also washed. I mean, Luke, it's like he's going to take the damage no matter where he takes it because He's still good enough to draw a paycheck. And that's he is. He's still good enough to draw a paycheck, Luke. But even on this level, he's gonna get hurt. I don't it's it's heartbreaking, but that's sort of the end game, man. That that's it, right?
1: I mean, that's, this is the thing for me. It's like, dude, if you if you, you watch the punch, it was a stand like, you know, he was Jorgen DeCastro was basically like real close up against the fence or right at it, and it was just a right hand that he was throwing down the pipe. And again, he was, you know, he was chewing up Jorgen DeCastro for the most part. And it just fell off. It's like, dude, you know what that is? That's just old guy shit. You yeah. know, remember when DC almost had to pull out of a fight because he sneezed and threw out his back? I've done that shit. I've done it where it's like when you're a kid, you can fall off the roof. When you're nearing 40, you can't even bend over to pick up a piece of paper without worrying about getting a wheelchair afterwards. Like, it's just, shit just breaks on you when you least expect it. The bottom drops out when you don't even realize it's going to drop out anymore. And so, you know, I know we see a lot of crazy things in MMA. And can I say affirmatively that this is some kind of age-related Medical situation. No, I mean, I'll leave that to his doctors and whatnot, but it has all the hallmarks of just a dude who's old. He's just old. He's been, remember, BC, it wasn't just that he had a lot of brutal fights with Kane. I mean, the Kane Wars, I think, kind of changed him a little bit. But remember, he had to pull out of one fight, forget which one it was, because he had rhabdomyolysis or myoliasis or however you call it. They call it rhabdo for short. That's when you've trained so hard you're now overtraining and you're almost uh, poisoning yourself by virtue of how much you have overtrained. It's a serious condition. I mean, this dude has punished himself to get to this point. So the answer to the question about should he retire or not, I could see a case where there could be a little bit more because it wasn't like Jorgen DeCastro was like destroying him and he's not still in the UFC. If you can draw a paycheck and whatnot – but dude, quite obviously, your body is—I mean, I hate to put it in these terms because he is such a nice guy. Your body's falling apart. The, his body's falling yeah. apart. It's just the way it's going because that's—that's that's life, dude. You can't—you can't beat it. So retire immediately. I—I don't, I don't think that's the case. But well, pretty no, goddamn soon, yes.
0: But there's a there's a creative bubble to make money. Could he end up in a Triller Triad ring with Frank Mir? He probably could, Luke.
1: Yes, right? he could. Yes, I think that there, there are some possibilities. Where he could still draw a big check, you could you could sort of squint and say it's not the most medically dangerous thing he's ever done and has a reasonable chance at victory. Like, yeah, fine. Again, for that for that reason, I think the retirement question is not premature. It's certainly relevant to ask, but not not one where it's like, dude, you, you need to stop today. No, I'm not suggesting that. But I think you would agree, unless it does fit some kind of creative, special situationally relevant you know appropriate time and place then yeah i don't know that he should be fighting you know professional mixed martial arts anymore
0: would you be opposed to like remember in the clubhouses in major league baseball in the 70s and 80s we'd read as kids that they would have giant jars of amphetamines they'd have greenies and like the people just walk by and take handfuls and then they had the coffee pot they would have the leaded and unleaded because it'd be infused with basically speed and and meth um, would you be opposed to having something like that in the UFC that anybody could use? Just, just, just straight methamphetamine on the way in, Luke.
1: Do you remember Excedrin when they used to sell that at GNC when it had a when it had a Fedra in it? Yeah, yeah. Not Excedrin. What am I saying? Um, no,
0: you're saying. Um, are you talking about uh, the hell? What the hell is it called? What's it they, called?
1: They they're still on the market these days, but like now they're. No, he's talking about Jack, but that's not the one I'm talking about. Jack had it too, but there there were many that had it. Where talking you talking about could... Dexedrine? Oh yeah, that was one of them. Basically, GNC had this thing called Ephedra, this product that they, and it was different labels for it and whatever. But uh, then the people started dying from it, <laughs> and then they had to recall it. But it was wild effect. You're like, bro. let's. I, I use it for. Let's years. go
0: over the the pros and cons of the of bringing a greeny drug to the locker room in the ufc now the bad news is people will die of heart attacks in the cage like a prime dot of five thousand. the good news though luke those those first two rounds are going to be incredible though right yeah yeah, they're going right. to be
1: money they're going to be money uh the only thing i would say on this is bc um did you watch any of the other eagle fc fights
0: um i saw i saw a little bit here and there i mean did you like hector lombard tiago silva did you like that luke it was a no contest
1: No, I didn't care much for it. I mean, it's also another great situation, too, right, where he got rocked and then dropped, and then the knee comes, and the knee was illegal, but it's like you were, the knee barely lands, and it's like, well, what were you really hurt from? Like, was it the punch that dropped you or the knee that kind of touched you-ish? But because the rules basically work on the honor system, you can play that any way you want, so. Yes,
0: there's no honor in the fight game, Luke.
1: Uh, well, there is, but, you know, I, I listen, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So that's the yeah. way it goes. All right, BC, that's it for our top five. With that in mind, uh, we don't get to ask ourselves any each other questions anymore. It's time for answer questions from the fans. It's time for DMs from dogs.
0: Uh, yeah, we, we've got male listeners. Heehaw. Uh, Luke, they're saying our, our producing team, who is m- well closer to the it wasn't Sudafed
1: hold on hold on to
0: the pill abusing years than we are in theory although knowing you that's probably not true but uh, uh, I don't know which one it was Luke but if Uh, I will tell
1: you uh, it was uh, I'm gonna have to look it up here Uh, I'll go through it but while I do that just give me a second here Uh, yellow jacket was one of them by the way but okay here we go from at it's not cage fighting BC after Holly's performance he wrote last night but you know on Saturday is Jackson Wink finished as an wow. elite training camp. What do you think?
0: Um, it, you know, they've seen better days. They've, they've been the star of many plays. Luke, I'm not sure the bottom dropped out. I mean, I mean, you know, in my head, Luke, it sounds just like it's going to hit with a glorious okay. splatter. I got the two, I
1: got the, but, two, uh, I got the two products. Yeah, hydroxycut cut and Xenadrine. Those were the two. Those were the two.
0: Gotcha,
1: Go gotcha.
0: Uh, what were we talking about? Holly Holm? Yeah. Luke, talking about, talk, um, talking
1: about uh, Jackson. Do, BC, what is the can that is making all that noise? Will sorry, you please sorry, show it to me? It,
0: sorry, it's my wedding ring hitting the water, the water bottle when Dude, I move. Dude, all please.
1: show long, I'm like, what is this billy goat chewing on over there?
0: I, I See, I live, but there's a constant flow of music playing in my head, Luke, and it drives me as a human. <laughs> it's, I'm kind of like uh bernie and weekend at bernie's too remember when he was dead but every time reggae music came on his body would just come to life you know luke i've got yeah thanks thanks a lot um uh, no luke, i, I would say jackson week, week is not
1: finished but bc when was the last time like a super elite person came out of there they've got some good ones um but so they don't have like off super the top elite of your ones. head
0: who's there that's still like elite or sub elite like aaron holly. Pico, holly aaron pico arlene luke huh Ar- arlene blenco
1: Yes, uh, Dana Batgarel is still there. Um, uh, they're saying
0: Phil Hawes.
1: Phil Hawes, yes. But the point being is, they used to have like a super team where they had yeah, they're not you dead. know ten people all in the top three of their respective divisions.
0: Yeah, th- that era right now is over for them. It doesn't mean yes. it's over for good. But they no, they are not on the level of ATT of of who. Look, what are the power rankings right now, Luke? Right, freaking now. Top five power rankings MMA gyms on the spot. And if you say CKB number one without actually thinking about it, Luke,
1: I'd say I don't know if I I have to do rankings, but the top three gyms that stand out is like consistently producing elite talent. ATT, um, all the ones in Florida. So ATT, Sanford, MMA Masters, Fortis MMA, um, a.k.a., obviously uh, CSA is another big one.
0: Okay, but uh, this this has this has devolved into you just naming every gym you can think of. MMA when, Lab. When what I was looking for was a ranking of hierarchy, I was looking for you to put those your, were, you know, put those in your, your top five somewhere. MMA
1: Lab is another one. Yeah, those are those are those are five. I think I named. You, you can rank those however you want, but those ones. Okay, would so be the so biggest.
0: you took a, a an exercise, you, you flipped it upside down, exploited it, and then crushed it. So basically, like you just did the exact opposite of the intention of it.
1: BC, you do that to me almost every show. I just let it go. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. My fucking Alexa or whatever this thing is, Siri, comes on my ear. Sorry. If you said something, I missed it. Probably nothing anyway, right? (laughs) You'll just repeat
0: it in a minute without knowing it, Luke. It's fine, all right? Let's just keep it going.
1: (laughs) All right. uh, From JDNCR1. This is the first UFC card where I didn't watch a single fight live probably in three years. Do you think quantity over quality will always benefit the company or does the UFC have something to gain by putting on better, less frequent cards? Motherfuckers. <laughs> if y'all keep buying the pay-per-views uh, and they just get enough of the, you know, the degenerates of you guys to watch these things, whenever the fuck, then yeah. Like they're, they're going to keep doing this shit. Like,
0: I don't know how, well, to, yes, of course. Did you hear the the letter of the law there and the question, or do they have something to gain? Yeah, $750 million. Basically, the foundational cornerstone of how the UFC operates is the ESPN TV deal, which has a minimum number of dates that they go out there and fulfill, pandemic or not. And uh, has it become watered down? Yeah. We also had this discussion back in 2012, I remember, Luke, when I was uh, one of the ESPN MMA editors of like, oh my God, there's fight nights almost every weekend. The you know quality over quantity. Yeah, this is the direction it goes when you can get monster TV deals that allow you to expand and grow. So it's not great, Luke. I wouldn't say it's been like pandemically bad. It's not a recurring theme. We get enough above and beyond loaded cards to never complain, but it happens, dude it happened well
1: the UFC has clearly decided to go top heavy on pay-per-views and then just let's keep divisions moving and give people fight con uh, fights on contracts that we owe them on everything else and then let's scale it as much as possible so that I mean you, gotta, you have to understand what they're doing they have to have as much shows as they ha- need a to move the divisions along and make sure everyone gets fights but b if they want to have like growth in a certain market they have to sign a bunch of those people they have to give them fights they might have to put a a uh, uh, performance institute there like there's a lot that goes into nurturing and developing a market so you're asking like why are these all these fights were like substandard quality or you know just people don't care about them there's a whole method to it there's a whole reason about like hey if you want to have a women's division let's say at 125 it's more than just putting fights there there's a lot that goes into it among, among signing other talent that you can then feed into the pipeline and so forth so but that, that's one problem the other problem is and I'm just going to say this, like, dude, fight fans, you guys are the... Mo- and I'm one of them too, bro, I get it. But, like, they're reliably indiscriminate, right? You know what I mean? Like, every weekend, there's going to be enough people who watch an ESPN card on, or a UFC on ESPN card, even if it's on the plus side of things, where it's just streaming. There's enough degenerate fight fans to make it worth ESPN's while and therefore UFC's while to just trot that shit out there because they'll, they know, they fucking know... They're gonna sit down and watch no matter what you change that up. They might change the other side of things up, but as long as that's you're in saying, play- they have P
0: ones because Luke, you're like these motherfuckers, man. They'll they'll watch me tickle my butthole for an hour and a half if that's all I was giving them. You know. Have you ever tried
1: to tickle my butthole for an hour and a half? I mean, what are we doing with our lives? BC, I'm a 42 year old man. What are we doing?
0: Well, uh, you get the point. You get the you know you get the, yes, yes, the analogy I, get I was I was creating there as dark. You know, BC. Uh, I, feel,
1: I feel like I got a low energy BC. Are you okay today?
0: Are you accusing me of low T, Luke? Is that what's going got, on right now? Do we have
1: a do we have a low T BC? What happened here?
0: No, I thought you know, I thought I was I was you know the star of the show, cruising along just fine. Luke, am I not going to win the BC, energy?
1: you always think you're the star of the show. I have to tell. I mean, and when I say show, I just mean your daily life, just walking into rooms. Well, that's the, going thing. To the it's grocery It's like, you know,
0: my wife's always like, "Oh, can you please not use your podcast voice in the house?" Really. It's my life voice, okay? They just happen to turn a camera. Dude, I have the same fight
1: with my wife. She's like, "You don't have to talk to me like you're on the radio. You don't have to talk <laughs> to me that way, you know." And I'm like, "I'm not talking to you like I'm on the radio. I'm just talking to you normal, you know." Guy, got there. Yeah, I always get the
0: stop interviewing me. I always get that. Yeah, you know. Stop interviewing
1: me. That <laughs> my neighbors funny as say shit. that too. That They're
0: always like, "It always feels like you're interviewing me." I'm like, "Well, that yeah, is she's, what
1: I." She, she always tells me, "I'm not one of your listeners. I'm not one of them," you know. Yeah. uh all right from ilya 745 bc Andre like you're Ward damn right
0: because we bang our listeners you know
1: <laughs> we should just have a podcast where we're like we find the very no, I'm gonna do
0: it <laughs> don't do it
1: <laughs> you know where I was going all right um Andre Ward versus canelo from ilya 745 andre Ward versus canelo not so bad now huh BC
0: yeah dude it's the, it's it's one of my dream fights of the moment that's you know loosely possible Uh, but i feel like it's a common it was like a year and a half ago thing year and a half ago yeah 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 this should be the greatest fight ever andre ward was a little younger um never say never but yes luke this is fantastic but the point of the question was would the larger more skilled ward be able to use that to slow down the freight train that is canelo well bval just did luke so yeah does that make you does that give you any more confidence that had this fight happened a year ago? Andre Ward versus Canelo, that Ward could have won.
1: No, I think Ward's probably passed it. But I think in a prime, you're asking like prime Ward?
0: No, I'm not asking prime Ward. I'm asking come out of three, four year retirement Ward.
1: No. Mm -mm. Okay. I honestly think that if he could have, and there was like real money for it, he would have. Um, And I just don't know. I don't. mm. Prime is a different conversation, but this one, no. All right, from at Tony, I think it's Tony.G8305. It's probably this motherfucker's password to his account. How many <laughs> more of Floyd's charades? Uh, are, I think he says, do we need to see? Because the question doesn't make sense as it's written. Before it affects his legacy. BC, none of this shit is going to affect his no, legacy, it's, dude. It's none not. of it. In,
0: in fact, all of our heroes in the history of boxing going back you know 100 years or so, they've done this and much, much more. I mean, they've done... So much pro wrestling or fantasy exhibitions or whatever, which Floyd's done pro wrestling as well, and he he actually did it. Let's give Floyd credit. He did a, a WrestleMania match against the Big Show at WrestleMania twenty four two thousand what eight. That was like actually pretty damn entertaining compared to like what Tyson Fury tried to do a couple of years ago, where you're like ugh. But no, Luke. Um, it's the same. It's the same conversation when Roy Jones was taking a bunch of L's in his forties. You know, because the, the basically Roy Jones' career went on like 12, 13 years too long. And you're like, okay, how many losses is too many losses where when we hear the name, we won't think of the pound for pound great anymore. And at the end of the day, unless you're somebody who's using your exit from the sport as a strategic way to inflate your legacy, like Habib, who's not doing it for that reason. But Habib walking away undefeated has a case for goat chip. We've never seen him compromised, right? He's always going to have that case. Unless you're doing that, it doesn't really matter what you do at the end of your career or life. It really doesn't. Short of, you know, short of becoming Ray Carruth, right, Luke? It doesn't really matter.
1: I mean, listen. A, he's not losing these things. You know, number one, two, their exhibitions or whatever the hell they are. Like, if you want to see someone who had their legacy changed and I watched it happen over the years, it would be B.J. Penn, dude. You, you, if you didn't live through it, this is almost impossible to believe. But at the end of his like. He never had, like, long winning streaks because he was constantly doing all these crazy stuff, changing orgs, changing weights, you name it. But, like, at his peak, like, after Diego Sanchez, if I had told that you, however long it's been since then, 10, 15 years, whatever it is, that we'd be in this particular place, forget the governor run, just, like, what he is viewed as as a fighting figure by the general public, you would have never in a million years believed it. Ruining a legacy requires you to, on the record, so in pro-actual fights, while you're still trying to do something, losing there. And he did that over for like 10 years, basically. That, I'm not going to say it ruined it overall, but BC, that huge losing streak, now you have to weigh that against all of the many like genius moments that he had. And he did have genius moments in his combat sports career. That's that's affecting a legacy. Fucking off and fighting guys at the top of a helipad yeah, it's annoying or whatever, but it doesn't do shit to his legacy.
0: Yeah, it, like, look, are we at the point now where when these pop up, we go, oh, yeah, from a competitive sports standpoint, ugh, oh, for sure. But let's give Floyd Mayweather credit. Like, he's found a way to consistently rob the same bank over and over again. And, you know, the, the guys in history, like I said, have done it like this or worse. And, you know, he's not taking punishment. I mean, look, Joe Lewis ended up being a greeter at the door of casino in Las Vegas for the end of his life. Like, it's usually way worse off than this for fighters if he's found this income stream off of his greatness. Like, dude, fantastic. Dude, I didn't know
1: that about Joe Lewis. Is that true? He really Oh, did. yeah.
0: And, you know, and like, they, I mean, he's just
1: that's for terrible, a paycheck. Dude.
0: Just, yeah. I mean, look, dude, there's way worse endings, but, you know, that, that's damn.
1: Dude, that's, I, I broke my heart to hear that. Golly, dude, that is terrible. Well, Anyway, that's what it means. Floyd just having some fun. Yeah, you can. But here's also what undercut or what what like drives this BC. MMA fans hate Floyd. They fucking hate Floyd, yeah. and they're dying for something to take him down a peg. But what you often realize is, dude, Floyd, Floyd is the casino, dude. The casino, you know, doesn't win like all the small little things all the time, but the house always wins, man. He just always makes bets where he knows he's going to win. So there you go. All right. Lastly, for me at Sidwell Jeff. Does he go to Sidwell Friends, the the local school here in D.C. where the <laughs> Obamas Chelsea and the Trumps Clinton? went? Yeah, uh, tr- tr- uh, Baron Trump went there, and uh, and uh, the Obama kids. All right, uh, I'm sure that all the kids there don't come from rich families. Couldn't be that. All right, here we go. This is for Luke. Who wins World's Strongest Man in Sacramento, California this upcoming week? Who wins the deadlift portion of the event? You know, I have to tell you, I don't know exactly. I, Novakov had a strong run. A little while ago, but obviously with the war in Ukraine and everything else, he's kinda not had the best performances, although he had poor performances before that. Uh Martins Lisus was on or Lisus was on for a off for a long time and I thought he came back and looked amazing at the Arnolds. Tom Stoltman, it would be another one, obviously would I have to say would be, you know, on the short list. But I'm gonna go with my man Martins. I think Martins is gonna get it done. He looks to be rejuvenated. He's rep he's pulling eight hundred for reps these days on, is he clean? on uh
0: is Martinez clean?
1: Dude, nobody at the highest level of uh at super heavy strongman is even trying to be drug-free. Why the fuck would you? You couldn't win. You couldn't win. It would be impossible. And also, as a spectator, I want to be very clear about this. I don't give a fuck if they use. In fact, I prefer it. Um what do you think so, is
0: that how much does that lower your life expectancy to have a career in powerlifting in which you like juice to the gills this nonstop? isn't powerlifting
1: this is strong man this is a little bit different the, the, okay so for folks who don't know weightlifting olympics two movements snatch clean and jerk powerlifting bench deadlift and uh, squat this will have some squatting will definitely have the deadlift but then it's got all kinds of carries pulling the trucks you know, you name it—the lifting of the logs and shit like that. It's got all kinds of different stuff. Punch the Viking climb, press. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. I know you're joking on these motherfuckers. They would tear your head off with their fucking bare oh, wow. hands. But
0: I should watch myself then, Luke. You know. What I, mean? uh,
1: I, I would say who wins the deadlift portion. Pr- I'm not sure who won the last one. I'll probably go Martins though. I think Martins is a very strong puller. So we'll see. <laughs> there you go. BC. I know that the jokes from high school still make you laugh. I just want I mean, you to know, I, as somebody who hasn't had their head caved in with a tire iron, <laughs> you are an idiot. I just want you to know that.
0: I mean, I didn't say anything, Luke. I don't know where this is going. BC, you
1: because you're the kind of guy in class who's like, "All right, and now we're welcome to sex education for you know whatever high school kids or whatever." And you're like, "Let's talk about the the uh, the gonads," and you're like,
0: "Gonads." <laughs> <laughs> yeah is this thing on testes yeah <laughs> here you go wow look I, I have you, you know, pegged dude I, the problem is i know you too well <laughs> you just have a bipolar reaction to great comedy you know sometimes you're you're about about it like chewbacca that other times you're like that's not nice bro, and, you know, bro, I, I, watched, like, bro I watched
1: i watched uh, the han solo movie again this weekend yeah there's a scene in there where they roll up into the first uh meeting with uh dryden what was his name dryden Voss or whatever the fuck his name was and uh, they're like, and Han Solo's like, yo, Chewie, keep it cool. Chewie's like, who the, f- who the fuck are you talking to, bitch? I keep it cool around here. And then Han's like, hey, let's go over here. And Chewie's like, nah, I'm headed to the bar. And just leaves him and just went to the bar. And then they show Chewbacca double fisting at the bar. Dude, Chewbacca never got his own movie. <laughs> Fucking crime. Crime.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's still time. They're doing movies on everyone, prequels, after quills. Yeah. Peter Queeley, they're doing it all. <laughs> <Luke>. All right. <laughs> Uh, Luke, I got this segment I do every Monday. Shout out to our guy, Gaff Pierre, who who puts his hands in the shit and separates it and finds the kernels of gold. Uh, I scour the globe, right? The highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between, combat sports, and beyond. They call it Have You Seen This Shit. All right, Luke, you never know with these things. We'll see if they hit. Let's go Showtime Championship Boxing from Glendale, Arizona. Luke, Jorge Cota in this co-main event to end the round against Yo-El- Yoelvis Gomez. Watch referee Wes Melton here. Whoa, oh, shit. That, that's a uh, chin checker right there, Luke. you see that?
1: Bro, I like how this dude's name is a sentence you'd hear in Vegas at 3 a.m. Yoelvis. Yoelvis. Yeah.
0: It's a dad uh, yeah. joke, but still. That is, I liked it. Yeah, a little right hook to the chin. It actually caught him right on the microphone underneath his chin. So it had a good effect on the broadcast there. Uh, let's keep the uh, the countdown moving here. Uh, Luke, Ice Wars held their first fighting pay-per-view this past weekend. Remember the uh, Danbury Trashers minor league hockey team that had the yeah. documentary and the uh, mafia influence? And Luke, there were brothers in this one. Jordan Kennedy knocking out big bro Ben Kennedy um, you into this, or does this give you a little gross feeling?
1: Yeah, so it's hockey fights, just no hockey. It's just a <laughs> hockey fight. Yeah, they're on skates,
0: uh, and they're brothers in this case.
1: So Eric McGracken, who is a combat sports, uh, he has the uh, website Combat Sports Lawyer or Combat Sports Law, whatever it is, he's an attorney out of Canada. He was saying that it's arguably illegal. Um, so <laughs> enjoy it while
0: it lasts, I guess. It's ambitious, Luke. Uh, Speaking of ambitious, let's go to this money grabber, Floyd Mayweather, who was out on Yaz Fight Island there in Abu Dhabi for his exhibition. Luke, this fight was so in the bag that he practiced his dance skills between rounds. Your thoughts? I mean, he's just clowning this guy. Uh, He went on to mop up Don Moore over eight rounds as expected. Luke, I, I was watching this. I don't think Don Moore went for it. I think somebody told him it was an exhibition. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, probably the paycheck.
0: Yeah, all right. We got highlights of of Don Moore getting mopped up? Oh, yeah, here's here's a little taste of the action, Luke, from the uh, local Dubai government who tweeted this out.
1: He was trying to Philly shell on Floyd, really? (laughs)
0: Jesus. Uh, Luke also, uh, Floyd giving a hand to the ring girls. Uh, I'm not sure ring girls are allowed even in this part of the world, Luke, but Floyd took over that job uh, during his fight as well.
1: That's nice of them. That's, very That's helpful. Nice
0: them. That is great. People uh, pay for this. I guess so. Uh, you mentioned forty-seven-year-old Anderson Silva put a bait in on uh, Bruno Machado of Brazil. Here's a little uh, sample of it, Luke.
1: Oh yeah, we didn't we didn't get to see the right hair. We go boom boom. He just hits him with the old body, the rib roasters bop. Ooh. Turns his head with that one. That was nice.
0: I wonder if he takes, you know, speed off the fastball when he's just tapping you, Luke, and then he comes through with the finisher. Right?
1: Yeah, of course. Change speeds on him. It's absolutely part of throwing shots like that. Changing yeah. speed, changing rhythms, of course.
0: Like like a prime Daryl Kyle, RIP, right, Luke? Sure. All right, if you like that, uh, you're in luck, Luke. We've got more urine content. Um, check this out. <laughs>
1: I hate this guy.
0: <laughs> now, I told you I'd never put him on this show again because this guy's a creeper and a half. But this, Dude, is this pretty guy,
1: good this guy, I hate his micro penis. <laughs> I hate his look at my crotch jokes. <laughs> I hate I hate everything about this guy. <laughs> I really do.
0: Could you stop the hey, please, Luke? Uh, let's go to UFC Fight Night from Las Vegas. Luke, I hope you're doing extra credit on one bang bang Naku Juni. Because oh, yeah. oh, uh Cheaty yeah. Cheedy Bang Bang sent our boy Dusco to the uh to the dark end. Wow, wow.
1: Dude, that was so fucking brutal. This was my favorite. When I say favorite fight, I don't mean that the fight was like super competitive for long stretches in that way. But like, you know, when I think about the fights of the weekend that brought me the most entertainment enjoyed this would be number one for me
0: that's funny because i tried to hype this fight up when we were previewing it remember that luke and you were I like know. you're like bc really augusto Sakai again we're doing this we're gonna talk about I do did so? not and,
1: say augusto Sakai. i did poo poo it i'll eat a little shit for it but at the same time i was trying to keep a clock it wasn't like i thought the fight sucked i was just trying to keep a clock that's all
0: uh luke eric anders your boy was back at it luke here's a nice knee to the balls from on a uh, park yun jong Oh,
1: God. Oh, yeah.
0: That's that's not, that's not, I mean, that's flush, dude. That's firm. That's flush. terrible. Yeah, they when they collapse,
1: have... like they, you, 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 it takes a lot for a grown man to collapse yeah. on his balls, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. All right, let's go over to Las Vegas top ranked boxing. Luke, in the main event, Kazakhstan's Janabek Alam Kanuli. Uh, with the one-punch KO on Danny Dingham here. Watch this uppercut. Damn. Whoa,
1: that He just absolutely crushes him with that left hand, right? Dude, he's Oof. from
0: Kazakhstan. Boom. He's he's now an interim middleweight title holder, so it's a bullshit belt, but he's for real, Luke. And this was, uh, you know, he wasn't fighting a world beater, but this is what you can expect moving forward from old Janabek. What, what weight class was this? This was 160 for an interim, okay. you know, secondary title there. Uh, also on this card, Luke, shout out to the fighting Marine, Jamel Herring, who actually retired, called it a career at age 36, following his loss to Jermaine Ortiz in the co event. Luke, you see the tweets there. I love this sport, but I owe it to my family to quit putting them through these moments. Thank you all. Whether you were with or against me, you made me who I am. But it's time. Semper Fi salute. He said it's time to move on and spend more time with the family. Luke, uh, that's a stand-up man right there, a former world champion as well.
1: Yeah, he had a good career. He had a good career. He wasn't the very, very best that we saw of his generation, but, I mean, there's just simply no denying he excelled. He won a world title. Um, he had a great career. He made some made some decent money, had some big fights, no doubt about it. He should go up with his head held high, for I mean, sure. He went
0: to Europe and knocked Carl Frampton out and retired him. I mean that's that's pretty badass. That's pretty damn badass. And Everything.
1: you know, he got questioned a little bit along the way for his heart, and I thought answered all of those questions, you know, again, there was a limit to how good he could be against Shakur Stevenson. Fair enough. You know, that, that wasn't that wasn't in the cards for him, but he he proved a lot. He did a lot in his career. This is what I mean. It's like, dude, is he gonna go in the Hall of Fame? No. He had a very good career. Very good.
0: Uh not anybody not everybody wanted to send him out so happily. Here's Chris Primetime Colbert reacting to the performance on social media. <laughs> You need to stick to your military services instead of boxing. Dude, Yo, so what is their that beef Marine about? Shit. Right? What is, what is the beef? I don't know. He's just like, you need to stick to military. I thought that was, you know, dancing on the guy's grave a bit, but that's fine, okay? That's fine, you know?
1: <laughs> I think you honestly found that for no other reason than I also was a Marine and you wish that when I got out of service, someone
0: else would dance on my grave <laughs> when I got out. You need to stick to that marine shit, okay? You don't know shit about fights, uh, Luke. <laughs> you did you see Jan Blahovic? Remember he got po- he got jabbed in the eye there by Rakic. Yeah. He's yep. he's going to need eye surgery. Let's hear him talk about the kind of drugs you get for this, Luke. I'm still
1: feel the drugs so they give it to me, and I enjoy it very much. I'm still feel
0: the. <laughs> I mean. What if Jan was one of us? Apparently he is, Luke. Okay. Dude, we got to get
1: him on room service diaries and be like, Jan, you want to eat these brownies with us or yeah. what?
0: <laughs> Actually, he'd be fantastic. Luke, are we doing another room service diaries this week? It's going to air? Is that a thing? Uh,
1: it might. It might. It might. I think that's All the right, plan. All
0: right, stay tuned. Yeah, uh, we mentioned oh, Eagle- we're going to
1: watch JDS throw his fucking arm out, man. Yeah,
0: here it is. Eagle FC 47 from Miami. Danny Sagurha was there. Uh Junior Dos Santos's shoulder was Dude, uh just
1: I mean, I guess because it got deflected a little bit, it got dislocated, yeah. but or yeah. blocked. Oh, uh, uh, That's his old manship. That's his old manship. It
0: is. Your body's trying to tell you something there, JDS. Uh let's go over to Maki Patolo on the undercard though. Did you see this sick KO of Usher, Luke? Did, Doug did. Usher. He retired
1: he, he retired. Oh, look at that, face first. And then how it was right a good good by the way, great ref stoppage in terms of how quickly he got there um dude he retired this guy the guy left his gloves in the bo- in the cage when he left and patolo fucking put it on him bro
0: yeah he, he, this guy yeah i mean shout out to usher there tough fall uh but uh that's a good win i mean maybe patolo gets a gets another look luke from the big what's week.
1: your favorite usher
0: song um well to you know if i'm dancing it's yeah without question but luke you know you make me wanna came on the radio the other day you know remember that 90s like that 90, was it 95, 96, Damn. something like that. Uh, uh That shit came on, and I, I had, dude, I, I, fucked, I jacked the radio up. I mean, I was that dude in the indigo, indigo orange, uh, Subaru Crosstrek. But Luke, I was like, you make me wanna, boom boom, 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 Yeah, right. You know what I mean,
1: Luke? I was more a genuine, womp, 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 womp. Remember that shit from high school? Yeah, I do,
0: I do, Luke. Look, you know what the song of my senior year was? I thought I thought of this when I heard it on the radio the other day. Uh, the I Fugees. love sex and candy. No, well, no, the From Marcy Playground, same same year, by the way. the The, the damn fujis hit the uh, you know, um, you know, uh, strumming my pain. You know, one time, you know, strumming
1: my pain. The Roberta, what's her face? Uh, song actually, yeah. Which they there's covered. no
0: doubt yeah. that was the Roberta song Flack. of my senior year, Luke. What about you?
1: So the song that they played at, okay, okay, when you say like song of the high school year, so I graduated high school in '98. Like you have to remember where I was living at the time. So this is Atlanta, Georgia, and you know Casey and JoJo were big in Atlanta. I mean they were fucking huge, obviously. So they had that song all my life. I wait for someone like you. That one, remember that one. That was Yo, yeah. huge my senior year. So, yeah, that one.
0: Yeah, that was pretty I mean, I hated it.
1: Big. I hated it. I was listening to other
0: shit, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'm listening to death shit, but those other people liked it. No, Luke, it was the prevailing song from that year, and then um we lost our senior trip because we refused as a class to sit down for the photographer. He was, like, this foreign guy, and he was like, one more time, if you stand up, I will not take this picture. So, of course, everybody stood up, and he, he came running out and threw, like, he got pissed, so we did a field day in the rain instead and they just played this that song over and over. It was like the DJ had like 3 records with him. So he just kept playing it. Well,
1: listen, I would like to say that you, you know, I felt bad for you, but remember I went into a Waffle House and fired a 20 into the jukebox and played nothing but Waffle House songs and then
0: walked out. So Dude, I love that because I I used to have this thing where we'd go out in Waterbury to like the more urban club bars. And I'd just go right in and put, same thing, like 20 bucks and do, like, Jimi Hendrix's greatest hits. And people would be like, yo, who did this? And they'd be, like, trying to find out who who was the one who did it, Luke. All right? It was me. <laughs> yeah, it was, right. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's awesome. I did so much degenerate shit.
0: I know. We could do a whole podcast on it. People would never listen to us again. It'd be great. Uh, also on this eagle card, Luke, Roosevelt Roberts um, yeah, takes Almeida won. here and slam, right? Yeah, let the boys oh be my boys. God. <laughs> He's like, Let me dig your grave with your head here. This is great. Wow. That's Yeah, don't hold on to the arm bar. That's some brutal shit right there. Uh Luke, uh everybody loves boxing, but you know who really does Portland Trailblazers guard? Damian Lillard, uh huge time, huge time boxing Twitter fan. He actually
1: but... has pretty good boxing takes. You ever read re- like read his I Twitter? do, I do, yeah. yeah. No, I've
0: I've seen him be interviewed a few times by boxing media as well. This is him working on his shit did you see him in the ryan garcia gatorade commercial
1: this is called a slip line um did i see him in the ryan garcia gatorade commercial no i did not i did not i think it's
0: gatorade the two of them are in the same commercial they're in a boxing gym yeah it's pretty good yeah
1: that sounds fun i guess
0: Maybe, but All uh, right, I will Luke. say
1: I will say credit to him. He is a real boxing fan, like real, real, real.
0: real Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Terrence Crawford here. Uh, let's throw to the sound here. Here's Terrence Crawford on the Porter Way podcast, where Sean Porter asked him, uh, you know, is Spence happening this year? How confident are you this fight happens? I'm
1: I'm always 100% 100 percent confident. Okay, 2022, huh? This year for sure. This year, this okay, year. okay, in this Vegas. Sure. And like I said, I meant what I said. Once I be Spence. If Charlo don't move up, I'm coming for him. Yeah. You didn't see the fight last night. You no, know, I didn't see the fight. Hey, I was he here. But I heard he won. He like did his thing. 10, 10 round knockout. Yeah. You know, congratulations to Charlo. You want the whole camp. You know, but you know, he on my hit list. How-
0: oh my God, dude. That, that 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 that's all I need. Look, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. That dude, is.
1: He's talking a big game. I mean
0: That's so. Everything that's he's some saying sounds. Catnip.
1: Yeah, dude, everything he is saying sounds like fucking magic. But if it happens, God bless us. God bless us.
0: Uh, Luke, not only is he incredibly talented in the pound for pound discussion, here's his daughter on the track for her school in uh, in Nebraska. Let's check it out.
1: Are we really going to watch his daughter run track on the show today?
0: Yeah, watch this, Luke.
1: Oh, she got... Her shoe fell off.
0: Yeah, her shoe fell off. You think she's got a chance to compete, though?
1: Well, based on how she's running already, yes. (laughs) Dude, she's going to smoke these fucking kids. I mean, she lost her shoe. She lost
0: like four seconds off the start.
1: Hold on. Is she going to win this fucking... You know, I was talking all this shit. Dude, you got to be kidding me. Okay, this actually turned out to be much better than I thought it was.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Dude, that's pretty she awesome, fucking right? beat him by, like, a country mile. Yeah, shout out to the Crawford family there. Shout out to Omaha. Oh, Nebraska. there's some
1: good athletes over there. Good oh, Lord, was that was impressive.
0: Uh, speaking of Omaha, Luke, BKFC was there a week ago, and your boy Dakota Cochran was back in the news. Luke, he was why in the... Is he,
1: why is he my boy? He's
0: in the BKFC main event against Josh D-Day Dyer. Uh, Luke, you said that you the first national interview you oh, radio yes. interview you ever did or or tv or national no television. i did a
1: i did a spot for mman censor live as like a correspondent and then he was in the news and it was like you know at the time it was still interesting and noteworthy that he had done you know gay for pay or whatever uh and so we had to talk about that it was i was like wow i finally made it and uh in, in many ways didn't you know
0: all right well luke if you're wondering how it went for him against uh d-day dyer here's a uh Here's the result. First, first I mean,
1: what? Are, I mean, you guys.
0: First, first round loss, Luke. It was a first I mean, round
1: loss. I mean, <laughs> I, you know.
0: Yeah. All right. Hey, good news. You're, you're Luke, not as
1: clever as you think you are. I want you to know that.
0: Luke, good news It's Roly Romero fight week, and you know that gets me fired up. See, you don't understand. You can't take. You can't hear Jimmy. You can't hear Roly, Luke. Why? Well, just before we throw to this. Why are you not even remotely amused by Rolly Romero?
1: Um because I did not find his win over who was it at the Jackson
0: uh, Marines?
1: Marines. I thought he lost that fight and everything he's doing tells me you know, I don't know how long it's going to last. See, that part I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to last, but he is going to approach the fight with Tank Davis, who whatever else you want to say about Tank Davis is a phenomenal power puncher. I think we can all say that pretty confidently. Dude, he's going to get decapitated. I don't know dude, what Roley's round is going to happen. coming to win, but... though.
0: This is going to be wild. This For as long as it lasts, dude, Roley is fucking coming to win. Did you see him in All Access episode one? He's he's a different dude. I It actually gave me more confidence that he can land shots. Will he get knocked out? We'll have to see. I mean, the, the money will be on Gervonta for sure. But, dude, Roley's going to be tough. So, Luke, uh, here's some footage that's been making the rounds again this week of Roly sparring Ryan Garcia. That's Ryan with the red shirt. Dude, Roley's up in his kitchen, right?
1: Yeah, but Roly's fighting like a – I mean, th- dude, this is, what is this supposed to look like? He's he's being a jackass in the ring? Yeah, he's being a jackass in the ring. What's that supposed to mean? By the way, saying- he's just getting wrapped up anyway. Like, none of this matters. Dude, he's Ryan got Garcia's that, like, Madonna So what?
0: That Mayorga, Maidana kind of like unorthodox as shit, but like goes after it. Luke, uh, here's some separate Rolly sparring footage that's also out from this week in which uh, (laughs) things got a little heated. That's the thing. That's Rolly in the red headgear. This is at the Mayweather gym. You know they do the doghouse there. They do uh, what, like 30-round sparring. You're not allowed to leave the ring.
1: Okay, I'm watching.
0: Okay. Keep watching, Luke. This is a segment where I control you. Your time is mine.
1: This is epic. (laughs) Great. Feels like I'm watching a great white shark highlight reel.
0: Okay. Don't forget, Rolly can body you. He's got that judo background, Luke. Right?
1: Um, Dude, this is stupid. What are we watching?
0: Okay. Okay, well, I got one more for you here. Uh, like none is, of
1: this means anything.
0: Uh, this is also Roly from his judoka days, Luke. This is him on the right. Can you rate his? Uh, can you rate his work here? This is young Rolando Romero.
1: Who's riveting. wait where? Where?
0: Uh, right there on the right. Okay. It's, riv- it's riveting shit, Luke. Right.
1: Okay. Gripping up. Oh, oh that, that that was really nice, actually.
0: Okay. Okay. He goes Let's for get... like a,
1: he goes for like he goes for like an arm drag into a trip. That was that was great. That was okay. really great. Thank you, mm-hmm.
0: thank you. He'll also be fighting this weekend. But look, you know I love him for his sound bites. Uh, he says uh, bet bet your house on Romero this week. Let's go to Roly himself. We all get rich together, man. I'm gonna tell you like this, Man, bet your house. Bet, 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 man, fucker, go take out a loan, bet uh, all your money, man. Roly get rich, y'all get rich, we all get rich. Bet your fucking house on Roly.
1: Yes, do not, do not bet your mortgage on Roly is what I would advise. (laughs) Look,
0: we all get rich this weekend, okay, so there's something to think about. I mean, here's the
1: thing, I mean, to be fair, like, do I think there's a chance he could win... Yes, especially if Tank Davis is unmotivated or something like that. Yes, there is a possibility, but BC, I have not looked at the odds. I do not know what they say. You would agree that the like the likeliest outcome of all possible outcomes is him getting stretched. Agreed?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. This is going to be two guys running into each other, but is Gervonta a little bit craftier and all a lot bit craftier, but Rolly is bigger, and he's looking at the thing about. Here's what makes it inter, what makes Rolly entertaining. In the end, he approaches these championship boxing matches like they're street fights. He really does. You know what I mean? It's like I'm going to just keep lining you up with that shot that I'm holding out here and teasing you with until I do, and and I'm going to knock you out. So it's um, it's going to be interesting, Luke. I'm 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 mildly. Uh, I think we're going to see something special. It's going to be wild. But I think we're going to see something special here. I,
1: it, we, I, I will say this. It's 100% going to be wild. Rolly fights crazy. I just, not, I'm, obviously I'm not going to go get a loan out and bet it on him. I just okay. want to be very, very uh, clear about why, that. that.
0: That's why we go to you for the truth here. Uh, Luke, this is some extreme shit that Dana White would never do, but I want to ask you for each one. Would you do it? Let's start with this high dive.
1: Oh, he's white. Bro, that motherfucker kept going. How long was this drop? Jesus, dude, Dana
0: White would never even attempt this. Would you though, Luke? Would could you do yes, that? Yes, I you? would do
1: it. I would do it. Yes.
0: That's. I. I might. I might even puss out at that height. I'm not kidding. Uh, let's go over to Brazil, Luke. They call this uh, uh, pendulum jumping of some kind. Would you do? that? I've this? done
1: some cliff jumping before.
0: Oh, oh shit.
1: No, it was scary as fuck. And please don't misunderstand me. Oh Jesus.
0: Dude, that's gotta be okay. I would do that. I would do that. Yeah, I think I have I to would.
1: lose a little weight before I I would like test the integrity of the rope.
0: All right, let's go over to the uh, catapult skydive here.
1: All right, this is
0: extreme.
1: Dude, they're just launching.
0: Yeah, I'm not doing into that. rivers. I mean, I'm what not are they doing, doing that. No, I'm not doing that, Luke. I, I value my life too much. I'm not doing that. All right. Um Okay. Yeah, that's a little much for me. Hey, one- get
1: on this uh get on this uh here catapult there, Jethro. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dunsend you into the ravine.
0: Yeah, no, you can use my parachute. Come over here. Yeah. All right, uh, one more for you, Luke. Uh, would put you put that, that
1: parachute in your jan sport, in your book bag. <laughs>
0: Gaff, we got the next one or what? I mean, what are we doing here, Gaff? Is that What's the
1: official going? sport of West Virginia? What is that? Oh, boy.
0: Um, I'm going to go. Senator no. Manchin
1: comes home, and we just launch him into the. Uh, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> fuck no. Are you shitting me? That Dude, really look happened. look at these bored pieces of shit. <laughs> what? No. Fuck no. All right. The key to this is just don't hit the rocks. What mechanisms <laughs> of control do I have? None. Go that Good luck. way
0: really really fast if anything gets in your way turn yeah okay thank you uh let's go back to the subway luke because pretty soon if this covid thing keeps going in the right direction you and i could end up on a subway again let's check in on this luke i mean that I hope, guy luke i
1: mean the new york city subway i mean i hope they all fucking uh, dude they're just the worst <laughs> pieces of shit on this planet. dude and i wish i could tell you this was <laughs> <avid>. <laughs> I wish I could tell you this was like, <laughs> oh, this never happens, motherfucker. This happens every time you ride. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, BC. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs>
0: no, I know. Every say.
1: time you ride, there's some fucking weirdo doing things that you'd be like, does this have to be my Tuesday today? Does it have to be?
0: <laughs> it's like a freak show, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, a,
1: it's a, it's the Moss Eisley Cantina except no fun. Like it's just shit.
0: Well, well, look. Some people know how to ride in style. Let's go to the next slide. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, get the fuck off! <laughs>
1: just get the fuck. Dude, he's just farting all over that. I mean, are you kidding me?
0: Dude, okay, dude. Yeah. No, uh,
1: dude. This is the. This is every fucking time. I, I, I've told this before. We had the masking debate. I'm never going to wear a mask. You, you die dare you to not wear a mask on the new york city subway you're gonna get every communicable disease known to man plus fucking you know ticks and everything else
0: yes thank you all right we got a couple ufc 274 leftovers luke check out this fan cam of michael chandler putting tony ferguson wait damn
1: look how fast it is dude dude
0: look at that angle that is sick
1: he just booted it straight up like he was trying to punt it, you know what I mean? Like it was not like a up and push. It was just all the way up. Just walk all the oh, way
0: up. Woo! Dude, that's a sick that that shot just you're right, out of nowhere. How do you have that balance? He didn't even, you know, he didn't um he didn't uh telegraph it either, Luke. There we go. I found the word. I found the word. Okay. Uh Luke, speaking of 274, did you see this video of this fan that Attempted to rush the cage.
1: Yes, I, one of the many Mensa members of this community. Watch her just get slung into the air. This is my favorite. Sorry, bitch. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Uh, yeah, yep. I was.
1: I, I was. I was very glad to see her fail at this.
0: Luke, our final two clips came by request from people in the industry that we know and love. This is the first one from Gaffney Pierre, our fine MK producer. Uh, have you heard of Armin Melikian, the Greco-Roman star, Luke?
1: No, but Jesus Christ, he is exceptional. I mean, this guy went for, what was it? Like a head, like a, like a, like a, like a Sayonagi, basically, and he gets turned for it. Wow, dude. That is yeah. I figured crazy. you could decode
0: this, Luke. It's all just, you know, this is great. Yeah, wow.
1: Ar- Armenian looks like,
0: strength. Yeah, Ar- those Armenians are strong as fuck, Luke.
1: Yeah, yes, right? dude. That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh,
0: our last clip is from Danny Segura, Luke, of MMA Junkie and South Florida and, uh, you know, our former uh, teammate. Um, I think he calls this Puff Pass Abuela. Are you being racist? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't think there was anything racist about that, Luke.
1: Wait, so he takes it and then gives it to Grandma. No, she She demands it. it. She demands it. Does she take it? Oh, right.
0: Backwards. She took it backwards, Luke.
1: And what is she drinking? Like a Jack Daniels fucking strawberry whatever the fuck?
0: Yeah, this might be at Burning Man or some shit. I don't know, Luke. There you go. That's that's the shit I got this week. I'll do better.
1: You you ever eaten a live blunt before?
0: No. No, I don't. I don't. don't.
1: I had a friend. It definitely was not me. I want to be very clear about this. It definitely was not me. I had a friend who was hanging out with another friend, and the other friend saw that some cops were coming and so of the two friends, one of them just took the blunt and then just ate it um while it was still lit ate the whole thing
0: yeah yeah i've i've you know I've been in those parking lot situations before, Luke, you know where you're but like never I... but never
1: like taking part though right never. Uh... <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, Luke. I have lived my life fast and furiously, which you know. Again, my you know my toes. Are, you know they tell the, they tell the the story of my life. Look the at only what only point... thing your
1: toes tell the story of is that you don't clean them properly. No, no, that's, I that's do that's clean it. them,
0: but they're damaged because Luke, life is. I mean, I think that's why we're all born with the crack in our ass, Luke, because it's to remind you that it's not going to be smooth and perfect, Luke. Okay, in your case, not gonna be smooth at all. I'm sure. Um just probably like gross right i mean it's probably disgusting yeah <laughs> i mean i'm you're, just you're, out here soloing look it's great you know it's great you're
1: you're a horrendous person yeah um, yeah all right bc let's remind everyone nordvpn thanks to them for sponsoring the show that's probably the last show they sponsor and in fairness <laughs> i wouldn't blame them you know i wouldn't blame them uh let's see morning at gmail.com is gonna be the place to get us wednesday's fan subs friday's dead wrongs just to reach the show the whole nine yards Showtime.com is the label that pays. Um, let's see. Let's see. I am gonna have an extra credit out today. Um, I'm not sure when I'm gonna record that because I have an interview at 1.30. That's also gonna be out. I'm gonna be talking to Demi and Maya, BC. I'm gonna talk to Demi Maya. I love Got Anything that. coming up? Got anything coming up?
0: Uh, we're trying to get a Rolly Romero interview this week. Uh, I think I can make, you know, look, sometimes you look across the dance floor and and you see, and you know, and, and you might have to do the you mind if we dance with yo dates, but I think him and I could make, we could make on air magic together.
1: I know you want to desperately have like, um, what what would be the equivalent? It's like you guys have this magical interview connection where you ask him inane things, knowing he's going to say inane things in response, and you just keep ratcheting it up. Is that the idea? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like there's a canvas and we just we just throw the paint at it aggressively, Luke. But sometimes, you know, after a while, it, it's like it's like, you know, when you would tape on my on my cable box in the 80s as a kid, I would tape the nickel to the power button, and then that would force a de scrambling where you can make out like a you know, it could be an elbow or a shoulder, be like, dude, I saw a boob. I saw a boob right there. It was like that, Luke. <laughs> I mean, whether it was pay-per-view boxing or the Spice Channel, I deco- that, that's what I did in my life. I was a decoder, Luke, you know, for most of my youth.
1: I think yeah. you spent much of your youth just in desperate search of pornography and or National <laughs> Geographic.
0: And, I, and that's how I found boxing accidentally. I was like, yeah, this fits too. This is competitive pornography. It's great. Yeah, no. uh,
1: all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, Showtime.com for a 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pounce. BC got anything going on that the folks need to know about? Any projects? Gonna...
0: I'm going to tell you that uh, you may be seeing episode two of our of our uh, reformatted room service diaries this week on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat. Um, so be on the lookout. We'll have a, probably an update on Wednesday, but uh, we'll be looking to get that out there. Look out for that. Um, Luke is DC as fuck, as that sticker says. Luke, is that sticker uh, party affiliated or is that just like, no way, we love no, DC, no it's no, 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 it's matter. a clothing brand.
1: It's a clothing brand.
0: Okay, good, good. Cause, Luke, I'm coming to DC, BC, and DC. I know DC. you are.
1: BC is coming to DC. I don't know how much we're going to get on camera, but he is coming. I can't wait. Look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right. All
1: right. Well, let's close the show because I got to do this Demi and Maya interview. Okay, so we have a lot of stuff coming for you guys. Don't. Uh, we'll have the Demi and Maya interview coming soon. We'll have. Uh, let's see. We'll have extra credit out today. Hey, and, have, some, uh,
0: have some balls and ask Demi and the little nod question.
1: See, that's less balls and more just uh, CTE you know that's what i would say
0: it's there's a po- right. bit, hey hey D- demian there's a popular theory you know floating around right now you know what i mean i'm not saying i agree with it but you know okay. Nog, did he ride the coattails <laughs> did he you know did he it's up to you, all right you know?
1: for this for this uh, Jamoke Brian Campbell the Viceroy of Connecticut I'm Luke Thomas we'll talk to you soon and until next time thank you for watching for Malco CBS Sports Showtime the whole group uh, may all of your gains be loyal